power on. The following is a presentation of the Sovereign Technica podcast feed. The Golden Stallion, the man of tomorrow, Saab Zhu, the rated R radio star, here for another Sovereign Tech X, which we call STX, which kind of sounds like sex, you know, S-E-X, but it's not exactly, but I got to tell you, when I have Mrs. Sovereign on, woo, it, woo boy, does it almost feel like it. It sure does. <laughs> yeah, for her as well. <laughs> I don't know what that says about uh, my my my, uh, my bedroom prowess, but... <laughs> But regardless, your performance is outstanding. Is outstanding. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> All right. I don't have to say it. Uh, no. <laughs> Turn it up to eleven. <laughs> yeah. Woo. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, sometimes we. Uh, first off, welcome to the show, Ellen. Of course. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah. Um, this has been a good time. Like we, we we've been doing this every once in a while, where it's you and me, and we just. We just toss out whatever we've got, you know, and the interesting thing, and I, I am going to commit what in the old radio days would be called career suicide. I am actually turning over pretty much the entire content of the show to the guest. What? <laughs> I know. So these are all stories picked by you. Wow, you um, must trust me immensely. Well, that's the thing, is that it's not career suicide by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> <laughs> because you... Dare I say, I'm a seasoned veteran. You are a seasoned veteran of radio as well. People yes. don't people don't may, might not remember this. Well, it wasn't very memorable at the time. And oh, I, I, I understand. It was memorable. Oh, well, it, you did. You were my only fan. <laughs> I was listening every Friday. It was Fridays, right? It was Friday yeah. nights on LRN.FM. Yes, uh, you did a nationally syndicated radio show. I mean, for how long did you do that for? Do you remember? Uh, it was probably close to a year. I want to say about a year. Yeah. That, yeah, because I around that time I recorded plenty of other podcasts in mm -hmm. the same studio mm -hmm. um, that were on LRN.FM, but it was not specifically Friday Night Free Talk Live. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I did Free Talk Live. I want to say for two close to three years, um, but I, I had the Sunday night duties. Yeah. And uh, and we, you know whenever it was it was kind of fun because whenever like. Uh, a certain host wasn't around. We'd call it the anarchist edition of Free Talk Live. Uh, and, well, you're certainly getting a couple of uh, wild and crazy anarchists here tonight. Uh, yeah, even in the fringe realm of anarchy, we are on the fringes. Yeah, no, we're, we're, yeah, we're an anarchist anarchist. I mean, like, like, we are extreme. Uh, so. Like, I, I think you would call it egoist anarchist, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Realm. I mean, it, right. You know, it, it all kind of falls under, we could, boy, we could toss around a ton of terms, but it all kind of falls under, you know, an individualist anarchist. But then there's like the individualist anarchists that take it all the way to the logical conclusion, and that's where you get into egoism, and that's us. And, uh, but there's still some empathy there. It's not like it's just every man for himself, you know? Yeah, no, no, there's still some empathy there. We're going to talk about that later. Yeah, We're actually yeah. going to talk about empathy. You've got you got three hot stories, and I mean, they I are do. hot. They are sizzling hot. Yes, Woo. they are. Yeah, and, you know, but I mean, just to bring it up, I mean, you did do more than radio, and at some point, I want to get your shows, and I know you've got the hard copies of your podcasts that, or, you know, that, that you had done, especially solo, uh, and, and I'd love to get those in the feed because those are timeless. They are 
online. You can find them. If you go to the link tree that's associated with Sovereign Technica, mm -hmm. um, it's called Illumination Hour, and it's hosted on Anchor.fm. Yeah, yeah. Every episode is there. Yeah. Well, I, I want them in, like, I want people to, to get them, like, almost force-fed, you know, in, <laughs> in the Sovereign Technica podcast feed, so. You know what I wish I had done when I was, so this is, like, a decade ago. I didn't have the foresight at the time. Sure. I thought that they would be on the internet forever, but I used to do this podcast called ALP, which stood for Awesome, Loving, and Positive. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember. Yeah, it could, it could change meaning depending on the episode. Yeah. But... I did not back up all of those episodes. Oh, yeah. I was able to manage to save a few because of um, the Wayback Time Machine. Yep, yep, the Wayback Machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but not all of them were available, unfortunately, and that's really on me, you know? It's all right. But, yeah, still, a few of them exist, but I saved the Illumination Hour, which is the important one. Yeah. Um, there were a couple others I did, but those don't really matter. <laughs> well, you know, I, <laughs> this is this is like a I think we forget because computers and the internet like there was this kind of slow boil of these things creeping in. Mm -hmm. We forget that we didn't used to keep we we couldn't keep everything, you know? No, uh, no. I mean, and, and even like pictures, like oh, we can take a 100 fucking pictures now and post them all on Instagram, which we're there, folks. Uh, <laughs> just go to nwo.red. You'll find us. Anyway, um, but like that's a very new thing. The idea that you can like st that you you can store all this stuff into veritable perpetuity. Oh yeah, the first camera I ever owned as a teenager, I could take thirteen pictures with it. Yeah, right, right. And I had to continuously go back and delete the ones that I didn't want it to take new pictures. Right, right. Because well, the memory cards were so small. Yeah, yeah. Well I mean I even think of like, you know, T V shows, um, you know, famously there's episodes of Do of classic Doctor Who that are just lost forever. They're gone. Yeah. Um, or radio shows I know, I know entire radio series mm -hmm. I know of them I remember them other people know of them they're gone like I, I mean they, they, they just they're, they're gone you know they were mm -hmm. done and they were done I mean and how many of these fucking like morning shows that every local radio station did for decades those are all gone um, or even think of video games like uh, uh, oh there's a bunch of classics like uh, Icewind Dale 2 where all the code, the original gaming code is gone, or um, Panzer Dragoon Saga, like like the code's just gone. So this idea of us saving every fucking piece of data, like that is so new, but we're so used to it already that it feels weird, right? When we yeah, don't have it. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, you're right. This idea of permanence is completely an illusion. Mm -hmm. But I do want to be the optimist in the room and just put put out there as far-fetched as this may sound, that somewhere out in the outer reaches of space, those radio waves are still drifting. Somewhere. Oh, I do enjoy that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's part of the joy of getting behind. I mean, like, if there's any if there's any value, especially in radio, you know, getting, getting behind, like, real terrestrial radio mm -hmm. is, you know, that's going out into, yeah, that's out in the stars. You it know? is. And, and that's traveling. And uh, one of my favorite... It's actually the last episode of the real Battlestar Galactica from 1978. It's an episode called Hand of God. And at the end of it, spoiler alerts, the show's only been around for 40, 50 years. <laughs> but, uh, they they pick up the television signals of 
uh, of the eagle landing on the moon, you know, uh, of, of you know Neil Armstrong and, and Buzz landing on the moon, um, and it's such a wild moment, you know, to know it's like that, you know, that this that these transmissions are just going out into space, you know, it, it was it's really it it's a it's a very poignant way of, I mean, for me with that show, it was poignant in the sense that not just because oh it's the end, but because the show was ending, but then its whole point that this was being televised, meaning that it was being transmitted out into space, is that Battlestar Galactica would live on forever in the stars, you know, which is a you know, as a, as a television series, as a transmission, right, right. just like you know the moon landing was. Yeah, and in the show they had no way to know how far away they were from Earth. No, or, right. Or how long ago that had happened, you know, because right. those radio waves travel at the speed of light, so they could have been, you know, 50 light years away or 3,000 light years away. Yeah. But they were heading in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's a beautiful thing, and it's a beautiful thing to consider that anything you create like that really could change the universe yeah. in some way. And that that's powerful, powerful stuff. Um, speaking of, you know, powerful stuff. Echoing into infinity. Echoing into infinity. That might even be one of their songs. Uh <laughs> 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 Let's talk about a uh, recent concert we went to. Then we, we got to get into your three stories. And then we have an amazing... We're going to talk about some... We, we got some metal to talk about here. And we're going to talk about more Woo! metal. Really exciting shit that people are going to want to hang out for uh, to hear our review of, of, a, of a new album. And uh, there's some special surprises in it. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we went and saw recently at the Palladium, which is a world-famous... Uh, 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 venue, concert venue in in uh, in Wor- Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester. The Worcester, so- Worcestershire. Uh, <laughs> For those who are not natives. Yeah, use that to kill zombies. Uh, uh, Wor- Worcester sauce, or, or wait, Worcestershire sauce. No, that's <laughs> used to kill zombies. In Worcester, Massachusetts. Uh, unreal. Um, but we went and saw, and we've been to the Palladium a few times, seen some yep. big acts like mm-hmm. Queensryche, uh, Camelot, and some yep. others. I mean, great, phenomenal concerts. And for the second time, we have now seen Dragon Force there. Um, Heck yes. Yes. And though admittedly, the reason we are really going for this one, and you tell me if I'm overstating this, but the real reason we went this time was because of one of the opening acts. Uh, that being, and I, w- I dare say I'd call him a co-headliner, uh, that being Amaranth. Yeah, yeah. The only reason you would call them an opening act is because they weren't last in line. Right. Right? Like, everybody that was there was phenomenal. It was really yes. great. Um, and I think it's not an overstatement to say that we went to see Amaranth, because we had seen Dragon Force before. Right. And it's not like their shows aren't exciting, because they are. They're incredibly yes. exciting. Yeah. Um, but I love variety. I'm a, I'm addicted to variety. and. Mm-hmm. Seeing these it, these shows live, you know, it's a special experience. Um, so we saw four acts that night. It was probably the longest concert I've ever been to. Uh, the first act... Yeah, outside of like a festival of some kind, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. So the first one, the first show was Edge of Paradise, yep. which I had never listened to before yeah, until that night. Kind of a younger band out of L.A., Female fronted. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was really good. So yep. their latest album hologram I listened to since that show because mm-hmm. it was it was that good. I was like, wow, this is great. It's metal, but it's got a dance beat. It's kind yeah, of yeah. poppy sounding. Um, really good though. Like if you don't like screeching female voices, I don't know if it'd really be your thing. Mm-hmm. But I liked it. Yeah, I, yeah. I was dancing to it the whole time we were in the merch line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. It's one of those bands where it's funny, right? So, I mean, I have this uh, uh, legendary, 
I like to think it's legendary. I have this legendary Plex collection of music. It is legendary. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, compliment you on it all the time. It, it's a masterpiece. Like, it's kind of, it's almost my life's work. It, it, and, and, I mean, like, Rob handles, you know, Rob and Freebeard handles, like, the video end of things. I don't do anything as far as video goes. Video for me is discs. Like, I buy physical discs. Yep. And it's nothing against, you know, any, anyway. Nothing Everybody ag- knows how much you love physical yeah. media. Yeah, I don't have to talk about that, you know. But um, <laughs> uh, as much as I would love to have a massive CD collection, I mean, the point, the, the, the simple fact is, you know, it's impractical. Because especially all the metal that has come out in my lifetime, you know, you, you'd have to have you'd have to have a literal library, you know, to house all that. Yep. So, you know, and I have millions of songs on my NAS server, on my Plex server, and yeah, legendary. Um, so, but that's the thing is, I have so much shit on there. Like, I could start listening to everything that's on there now, and in a conventional life, I'm sure I'd die before it all. You know, before I got to the last and song. And somehow you still keep adding to it. I don't stop. You're addicted. Yeah, it's madness. It, it really is. is. But it's my, you know, like I said, I kind of feel like it's my life's work. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, but it's a rebellious act. I mean, you know, I'm reminded of the episode of Crusade where this guy is like, he's trying to, to this alien is trying to get away from uh, this totalitarian regime taking over his world. And... He, he claims to have, like, the most powerful weapon, you know, and that's why his government's after him. And eventually, like, the alien guy kind of dies, and the, the, the crew of the Crusade, the Babylon 5 spinoff show, like, they finally are able to access what the weapon is, and it's all music and everything. And, and that's the thing is it's, it's, you know, music is so powerful and so rebellious um, that... Uh, the government of this totalitarian government considers it, I mean, every government's totalitarian, we're anarchists, but anyway, uh, it considers it to be this powerful weapon because it could set people's minds free in a very real way. Um, And their spirits. I feel like music has this emotional connection to people that nothing else has. Completely. Totally. Yes. Um, In fact, there's a great, there's a great word in Farsi. Um, It's uh, Torah. And it literally means like the ecstatic the ecstasy that you feel um from listening to music yeah like that's the, a perfect explanation yeah of it. yeah and 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 it's it's a word like there's no english equivalent for that word um it's pretty powerful but anyway um yeah so you know i consider having all this music to be a very rebellious act uh it's a bulwark against all kinds of things. So all kinds of tyranny. Anyway, okay. So <laughs> So you have Edge of Paradise on so, Flex. Yeah, so that was the whole point that I was getting at. Is that there's there's music like that I have that I had no idea. Like you said, wait, do you do you have Edge of Paradise? I'm like, oh yeah, I've got all, all three albums. <laughs> like, I, Surprise. I had no idea. Uh, but they're great. No, I agree. I went back and listened to them as well and they're phenomenal. Uh, it was a really, really solid opening act. They were very theatrical. Like I like the outfits they had on. I liked everything that they had lasers going everywhere, you know, like oh, yes, off of the their laser outfits. suit. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, was impressive. That was so cool. And I, I love it when bands get theatrical like that. It's part of the reason my favorite band is Kiss. But that that was that was fun. Yeah, and I've been complaining about how metal shows don't have lasers for such a long time. And then they brought the lasers. Oh, there's tons of lasers yeah. that night. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh 
So yeah, Edge of Paradise was cool. Then that was followed up by, and you got to be particular here, Nano War. Yeah, Nano War. And they had to change the names like a decade ago to Nano War of Steel because Mana War, I guess, went and sued them. Now, Mana War is one of my like top three bands. Like I love Mana War. Uh, I can't believe they did this. No, I can believe it, but whatever. Nano War of Steel is kind of a parody version of Mana War in a, in a very real way. Though really, they do a whole lot more than that. Um, they're they're just wacky. It's 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 a comedic, and the, they were doing this before like Glory Hammer and Ailstorm, not Hailstorm, Ailstorm, and a lot of these other bands. They they were kind of doing this comedic, almost Spinal Tap style metal. Um, yeah, it's a little more than that. I mean, I will mm-hmm. I will say up front, they have incredible talent yes as a rock band but they you know wear tutus and spread their butt cheeks and make it talk <laughs> so you yeah know, they just don't take themselves seriously at all and and the lead singer I, ha- I have to give him credit because he's i think the only lead singer of a metal band that i've seen that i've witnessed that is flamingly gay i mean he has to be he was such a good dancer oh yeah there's no yeah. way that he wasn't <laughs> You know, you awesome. just you see some people dancing, and you're like, I know that person's gay. <laughs> they have to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they were great. They 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 were really great. And mm-hmm. I mean, just like very fun songs, and they're from Italy, and so you know, like they're. Yeah, they had everybody jumping around and flapping their wings. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, waving their arms with the call of Cthulhu. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's great. Uh, just a fun band. Very fun. Um, yeah, and, and and that's really it. Like, I I don't know if there's anything that like was really like grooving, but it's a lot of fun. I thought it was grooving. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Just give it a chance. Yeah, give it a chance. Again, just know that you're getting into into a funny. But 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 that was great. Like I'm I'm okay with that. Like I I enjoy that kind of stuff. Like I like Glory Hammer. I like these bands that get kind of comedic. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in this way. So that 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 was a lot of fun. Um. But then Amaranth came out, so we had a total yeah. of four bands here. Amaranth was the next one. And this is who, like you said, this is who we're here to see. You know, I mean, yeah, we're going to watch Dragon Force, you know, all day long, but like Amaranth was star of the show for us because they're out of Sweden, mostly, maybe some other countries as well, but basically they're out of Europe. And so it's rare that they come to, to America. In fact, right. I think it had been like four to six years. It had been a long time since mm-hmm. they've been here. Um, and I mean, I think they're a headlining act, but you know, whatever. I'm just glad that they're here for sure. You know, just like when we went to see Beast in Black, you know, glad we got to see them. I mean, most of the Absolutely. great, yeah, yeah, most of the, in my opinion, most of the great music's getting made, not all, but most is getting made in Europe right now. Um, but yeah, certainly they have more of a respect for metal in Europe than, yes. than Americans do. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things like power metal never really hit it in. Uh, in North America or in the United States anyway um, probably because it is such a positive message and most people here just seem like they want to off themselves most of the time so well can you blame them I mean we live in a capitalist utopia uh, we, we do or dystopia yeah uh, <laughs> I mean if you're a capitalist it's oh utopia. yeah yeah well yeah <laughs> no it's still a dystopia no matter who no you I, are. I know what you mean you're saying by perspective yeah 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 um, well anyway 
Sorry, I just, I'm thinking about my friend who's like, America's the greatest country in the world. <sighs> yeah. So oh. some people that are really crazy about the way things are now. But yeah, I know. We're I not know. those people. And like, I, yeah, Elon Musk. <laughs> it's like, oh, he didn't even start Tesla. Give me a break. <laughs> yeah, what did he actually invent besides <laughs> right. PayPal? Right. Uh, and even then, yeah. Even then, so, he was just part of a team. Right, and they were trying to push him out as fast as they could. <laughs> but regardless, so... Yeah, everybody else in the world kind of gets the message, like, we don't want to be like America. <laughs> Not in that way, anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, there was a time. You know, there was the 80s. There was the 90s. and But that, that time's long gone. Yeah, before bad decisions caught up with us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, well, anyway. Amaranth... Uh, was in the states and so we were oh wow so we have <laughs> captain is in the studio with us our cat our captain studio cat yeah and we just got him a new captain's chair uh this little moon bowl chair <laughs> and man he is he just asleep in it and he is the cutest damn thing his uh, little feet are dangling you can I'm, see his beans <sighs> it's so cute <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that moment of cuteness is over. <laughs> Back to the metal show. Yeah, sorry, it I was is distracted. So no, I know, it's beautiful. Um, okay, so... So Amaranth came on stage. Amaranth comes on. Fucking great. Yeah, okay. Let, let, yeah, let's talk about that. So I consider them to be one of the best bands in the past 10 years. You know, they're, they're five, six albums deep. They have a new album coming out next year. Um, I love every single one of their albums. Um... And I mean, they were great. They they were really, really great. I was really hoping they would play Maximize, and I, I don't, know I don't think they did. No, they played one song off of that album. Uh, they played um, that song. That's the name of the song. That song. That song. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a real boom, boom, clap yeah, kind right. of rhythm to it. Right. They played that. Um, I was surprised. I don't think they played a single song off of Helix, which is my favorite album by them. That's, they didn't play Helix? I don't think they played anything off of Helix. Interesting. Yeah, okay. which I thought was weird. Um, they did play Digital World. Yeah, so that's off of... Um, shit. <laughs> Dynamite? Or, or Yeah, the album previous. <laughs> now I can't think of it. But anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they did a pretty good retrospective. They played off their first album. They played it off of... Or they played songs from Nexus... Uh, they played songs from Manifest, which was their previous last album. Um, so, yeah, th there, there was a pretty good broad spectrum of music here, and I was pleased with every song that they chose. Yeah. I agree, Maximize is, like, so energetic mm -hmm. um, that they, they should have done that. But, like, I couldn't... I was really surprised they didn't do anything off of Helix. They didn't do 365 or 365. Um, didn't, didn't do any of that. So... I don't know what was going on there, regardless. The thing is, and I don't know if it was the venue, it's kind of hard to believe it's the venue just because we've seen so many great acts, so many complex uh, performances there. And, you know, Dragon Force is on right after and sounded very rich and, like, everything sounded really solid. I, th I thought this, I don't know, the, the sound didn't, like, slam me from Amaranth. Yeah, you know, I, I commented on this while we were there. Yeah. I think that... Amaranth writes such technically complicated music mm -hmm. that you can only truly appreciate it when you're listening in high fidelity, yeah. uh, you know, sound carriers, like, you yeah. know, headphones of, of, 
a certain quality or like even in your car possibly but right. in in a larger venue like that where it's so echoey um i feel like some of that complexity gets muddled you yep. know it, it starts to sound a bit muddy yep. and and uh smushed together not that it was bad it just no, it sounds bad. much better when you're listening in high fidelity yeah yeah i mean these are these are albums i've listened to track for track over and over again you know for a decade strong yeah and mm -hmm. so like i know these songs you know completely by heart and to yeah i i mean i think your your analysis is on that that's 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 what was happening um and i, and I don't know how to resolve that but i i don't know i was just surprised um their music's just so fast-paced you know yeah it's it's really hard, I imagine, for them to capture all of that detail. Yeah, it, but when it's just echoey like that. Right, but I mean, the thing is, is like, then how does Dragon Force do it, right? Because I mean, they're one of the most complex musician, or, or you know, uh, their music is so complex. I, I just don't, I, I I don't under I don't know what the difference was there. They have less synth, I think. It's Maybe more, more guitars. Maybe less that's synth. it. Maybe that's it. You could be right about that. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I mean, they're they're tremendous show people you yeah. know like i mean just just phenomenal musicians uh i kind of i'll admit i sort of expected a little bit more from elise rid maybe she I, what, do, what do you mean by that she was great she performed she, no she was she was I, I guess i just always anticipated that she really like led the the performance you know um, as to where I feel like the male singers were more like they were taking charge. Uh, it, it, I don't know. It was just, it wasn't exactly what I expected. Because most of what I see of them, like she's the one talking to the audience. She's the one that's like, you know, really out there and everything. And I, I don't know. It, it just, it's just different than what I've expected or what I've gleaned, you know, online over the years. Um, but. I'm not really taking anything away from it. It was a phenomenal performance. It was absolutely phenomenal. What what are what are your thoughts? What yeah, you I mean, I, I don't know. That just it doesn't sound like a criticism to me. No, it's not really a criticism. It's just a, a different anticipation. Um, you because, had expectations going into this of what it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. Based upon what I've seen over the years, you know, and and it was because I feel like a lot of people. You know what? Like, what separates Amaranth from other bands of that ilk? That they have three singers that are all kind of the lead singer in a way. You know, they they split the singing responsibilities somewhat equally. Yeah. And they all have very different vocal qualities. Yes, they do. And somehow they put it together in this trinity of amazingness. Yeah, the, the the harmony is amazing that comes together, especially when one of the guys is screamo, but it all just melds so well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the guys has clean vocals, one yeah. sounds like the cookie monster, yeah. and then there's like this very high-pitched female singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, and, and out of all that, I feel like she's kind of the major differentiator. I just don't... Generally, I've seen her put more up front, and I was just kind of surprised that she wasn't. It's not a criticism. It doesn't matter, because they're all so ridiculously talented. Yeah. I mean, you could throw the guitar players up there doing all the talking, which many bands, that's how it works, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, you think, like, yes, when we saw yes. You know, Steve Howe is the guy who's calling all the shots. Yeah, he's um, held the band together for right. the last however many decades. 60 years. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> which it's amazing Steve Howe is still killing it up there uh, when we saw Yes recently. But anyway, um, yeah, so Amaranth was was amazing. Uh, I'm just, something something was off, and, and I, I kind of want to blame the venue, you know, but uh, yeah. I thought it was excellent, and I'm not going to say that there's anything wrong with the performance. There you go. There you go. Okay. So... <laughs> I'm with you. I, I'm just saying, I think the experience of seeing them live, you know, you get you have to trade off some things. Like, the quality mm -hmm. of the sound wasn't as good. Mm -hmm. You got way more bass because the speakers were phenomenally huge. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, the uh, the fidelity wasn't all there. Yeah, and it wasn't where we were standing either because we're right up there. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, we're, we're so close. Not uh, to mention these people are touring. I mean, who knows what they're dealing with on the road? Oh, no, yeah. I mean, I even could have chalked it up to that because they just got done playing New York City. Exactly. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot. They're still Any... humans. Yes. You know, they need to eat, sleep, do whatever. You know, right. Living on the road, it's rough. Yeah. Well, that's anyone. right. And that's the thing is any band especially if you're coming from europe if you know you're going to be playing in new york city you're bringing every ounce of fucking energy you have yeah to please the crowd in new york city and i and as much as i can't stand it as a as someone born and raised in new york i can't stand it i get it you know fortunately and this was the my opinion one of the best parts of the amaranth show because the people in Worcester couldn't stand New York either. No, they were like, fuck New York! <laughs> yeah, there is a point where, and I get it, all bands do this, and I'm not going to say it's annoying, it kind of is, but whatever. Where They you know, play the crowds against each other. Yeah, yeah, where they're like, oh, well, we were just in New York, and they were so loud, can you do better, you know, and they do all this crap. And it was so great, because the response by the Worcester crowd, and again, the Palladium you know, the Palladium, like I said, is historically and world-renowned. Okay, this is a serious venue. They're not going to put up with any shit. Because they know, you know, they know what's been there. They know their history. And for them to just start saying, fuck New York, fuck New York, and it was so loud, was dynamite. Like, that that was so great. And I was more than happy to jump in on that cheer. Uh, <laughs> th that was that was awesome. And and and, and all, all the lead singer for Amaranth could do was, the guy could just go, it's like, well, that's one way to put it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> and and I, I thought that was phenomenal. Um, any other thoughts on Amaranth? Anything else you got? No, nothing else to add. So, Dragon Force. Let's go right into this. Um, I mean, I didn't get to walk away with, uh, with the, the, the set list, which actually, if you look right behind you, you probably, you might be able to see it. There's, no, right, right here, right next to this white book. Oh, boy. There you go. That is the set list from last April when we saw them. Um, Did you actually grab this from the performance? The guy, the, one of the, uh, one of the stage guys handed it to me. When when we were and so yeah I framed Ooh. that fucker <laughs> you know did um, they have the same set list not this time they did play the last Dragonborn they made a big deal out of that they had a whole Skyrim video playing in yes. the background it was so fucking great yeah because yeah. I am the Dovahkiin yeah, I understand yeah. the importance of these things yeah right <laughs> you are the Dovahkiin I am yes. the Dovahkiin um, so this was. I mean, you can see some of this, what, like Cry Thunder. They're going to do Cry Thunder every time. Every because, time, yeah. So here's the deal with Dragon Force, or one of the deals with Dragon Force, right? Most people don't know the lyrics to their songs because everything's happening so fast. So fast. Yeah. Um, so when you can get a chorus 
that can actually get the crowd in, you're going to play that song forever as a band like Dragon Force. And Cry Thunder is one of those. Yeah, because you like that's the only part that you can actually sing along with. Right. Cry Thunder. Right. Exactly. Um, they did Valley of the Damned again. I mean, they did My Heart Will Go On. Well, that was last. Yeah, in April. No, they they played it this time as well. What? No. Yeah. No. No. No, I don't. Th- I Are think, you sure? Yeah, I I think they did. They did. I think you're thinking Val. You might be thinking Valley of the Damned, because like some of the lyrics sound like My Heart Will Go I, On. I I wouldn't confuse the two. I don't think they did My Heart Will Go On. I'd have to look. I mean, you, the nice thing is you can go on like setlist.fm and yeah. you can mm-hmm. find them. Okay. But well, anyway, regardless. Yeah, regardless. Uh, I mean, there's some like what did they do? I th- I thought Ashes of the Dawn. Was that the one that I'm thinking of? They played a song from their newest album as well, which... They we, did two songs. We had never heard before. Well, I, I, I'd heard them. Okay, but well, I had never heard before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they yeah, they did Power of the Triforce, which is a Zelda song. That was so much fun. That was cool. I liked that. Um, and they tossed around this uh, uh, chicken, which... Stuffed chicken. Yeah, which makes sense for Zelda fans. Big stuffed chicken. Um, it, was, it was fun. They had us try and toss it up to the balcony. And it happened. It, it made it up there. <laughs> they did that, yeah. Like like Worcester did it. Um, it was impressive. Um, they said they yeeted it up there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they also did the other song, which is um, Doomsday Party, which is what a weird song. That very was. weird song. Yeah. Lyrically and the fact that it's disco. Like. It, it, well, they kind of tried to bring in a disco theme, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Dragon Force is is known for their power metal like to the extreme yeah and to slow it down to a disco beat i just don't feel like they're made for that yeah yeah yeah. you know yeah um like beast in black does great at that yes i I think they're they're perfect example of of power metal with a disco beat yes but dragon force they're just made for like through the fire and the flames you know that that's their peak yeah going to disco is just trying to pull in elements that don't quite mesh with their strengths. Right. Yeah, so Okay, so overall, I mean, well, all right, let me let me say the good things. Like the show opened up tons of lasers everywhere before the band even came out. They're literally playing the end theme to Tron Legacy. Yeah. Which yeah. is the soundtrack to Tron Legacy overall is just one of the greatest things ever done uh of anything. Doesn't matter what we're talking about. <laughs> and uh but so so that was cool that that was really great they had the same like stage setup as when we saw them last year yeah the arcade, machines, the arcade machines that they were that, standing on top of and playing on right really cool mm-hmm. okay they had some youtuber guy that i don't know who was there playing with them his name was billy i don't yeah. remember his last name yeah they'll do this where they have guests come on um like, I know that later on in this very tour, a couple days after we saw them, they had uh, Lisa White Glutes from Arch Enemy playing with them or performing with them in Canada. Uh, and they had some other people there. And they've done this before. In fact, they've had people on from who we're going to talk about later when we review an album, that being Icarus Witch. They had the lead guitarist from Icarus Witch play with them for a couple shows, uh, like last year. When they're doing their farm simulator thing, I think. Nice. Yeah, nice. they had good old Quinn Lucas, who's a master guitarist. Uh, you know, a uh, 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 play with them, um, which I, I'm not going to make comment on that, but <laughs> how that experience went. Um, but anyway, 
so so it's kind of more of the same okay um now i i've also caught some other things because we didn't st- admittedly we didn't stick around for the uh, uh the encores oh god no we were there for four hours right and then it's time to go <laughs> <laughs> the dynamite that is dragon force played yeah. at the very end and we're like up past our bedtime an hour and a half away from home right we're like let's just leave before the crowds get out yeah uh, so so we left before they did the encore yeah which like can you blame us yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so especially since we've seen dragon force before and right. we didn't need to stay to see them play through the fire and the flames again yeah no 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 i i never need that that song to me is like acdc's you shook me all night long i never need to hear that song again in my life Mm-hmm. Like it's a great song, yeah. But I never ever need to hear it again in my life. It's just so overplayed. Yes. Now, and this gets into a thing. Okay, so look, they were awesome. Like yeah. they are such great performers. I'm not taking anything away from them on that. Um, their albums, I mean, have been a soundtrack of my life since like 2009. Mm-hmm. You know, I discovered these guys very early on. I know when you discover them, you're like, holy shit. We've talked about this before. You and me it was uh-huh. one of the very first things we connected over was you said you heard Dragon Force? Yeah, and then you went and brought out of the closet the surprisingly... <laughs> like, it, it, I had no idea what you were grabbing. Right. But you bring out this scarf that says Dragon Force. Oh, I'm so proud of this. And I was... My mind was blown. Yeah. I'm like, no, no. Uh, like, I've never been able to share this with anybody. Here's a here's a scarf for the band Dragon Force. And it's from when Ultra Beatdown came out. And that was so cool. Yeah, you know, So we got to connect. Cool. Right. So we connected over this band. is one of the very early things you and I, can, you know, when we were just friends, yeah. that we got mm-hmm. to connect uh, over. So the the point I'm, I'm kind of getting at is, look, Dragon... I love Dragon Force. Major part of my life. Uh, and, 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 and in ways, you know, major part of yours as well. And getting to see them for the first time last year was revolutionary. Like, that was amazing. You know? It was. I mean, Dragon Force was the first power metal band that I ever listened to, I think. Yeah. So, here's the thing. Um, I'm going to... Are, are you comfortable with me getting a little negative on this? <sighs> be honest. Be brutal. Okay. All right. It's okay. All right. I'm going to be. So, here, here's here's the thing. You can just set it down if you want. Oh, I'm but, just going to slide it back into its home. Okay. Right here. <laughs> All got, right. Got it. So, here's the thing. I, when Dragon Force first came out and they did Val- Valley of the Damned uh, um, and uh, it was Sonic Firestorm, whatever, the yep. second album, mm-hmm. okay, before they did Inhuman Rampage, okay, this was a serious kick-ass, taking the world by storm, blowing metal listeners' minds music. Amazing. Those two first albums, in fact, I think, next to... Um, Oh shit! Was it reaching into infinity, which is like their sixth album? That was my favorite when it came out. It became my favorite. Yeah, Dragon yeah, Force yeah. Album. I, right. I love that album too. So, but on a, on a technical performance, just like overall level, I kind of feel like their first two albums are the best. I'm not meaning to sound like hipster about this in any way. But at the time, people were like, "How can Herman Lee even play that fast?" Yeah, they didn't believe it. Yeah. Now we've seen them twice. We know they play that fast. Mm-hmm. Okay. But here's. I, I sort of wish they didn't get big with Guitar Hero, because... Now everybody knows that one song by them. Well, there's that, but also they dived really deep into the gaming aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And hey, folks, I've said this a billion times over the decade of Sovereign Tech that, you know, I'm a gamer. I'm a gamer first, historian second, 
tech journalist third. Okay, like I've always said that. Okay, so if you think it's because I hate video games, you're dead wrong. No, we play them every week. <laughs> All the time, yes. So, but I think they lost themselves when they like went head first into being identified with gamers. And and I think they got kind of ridiculous. And oh, that's sad. I know. And, and I hate to say it because, I mean, at the same time, like, I think their best song overall, Curse of Darkness, is, you know, totally playing off of Castlevania. Um, but I just, I, I feel like they lost something. I feel like they, they kind of went too far. And they tried to not, like, you have the album The Game, which is a kick-ass album, or The Power Within, where I feel like they sort of stepped away from that a bit. Um, and, and I guess they feel like it didn't take. And so they just dive deeper into, no, we're going to relate to gamers. We're going to relate to gamers. We're going to relate to gamers. And they feel like that's their bread and butter. And I always get a little worried when bands do that, you know, where, where they, they sort of have to like, okay, no, this is my niche and I, and I have to stick with that. Um, and, and I feel like they've kind of lost some of their edge, you know. And yeah, maybe. But do you think that they would have been able to survive and make money as a band if they hadn't done that? Well, I mean, they, they probably wouldn't even have made a fourth album if Guitar Hero didn't happen for them. I can respect that. Like, I can understand that. Okay. Uh, but then, you know, and look, Last of the Dragonborn's a kick-ass song. Like, I, I get that. Yeah, okay. Hell yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, right, right. And I mean, <laughs> and you're making a song about Skyrim, like, great. Okay. Um, that game is legendary, and so many people have very strong feelings about it. You know, like yeah. memories going back a decade or more sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I just, I kind of feel like there's, there's, there's an opposing, th or there's, there's an opposing force that's happening here. I'm going to explain a little bit more. Okay. Uh, what well, partly what tipped me off to it is when I heard that when I heard Doomsday Party for the first time. Yeah. And I was like, you guys are copying Beast in Black. Like th that's what you're doing. You know, like you're trying to evolve, but you're just trying to go with be ahead of the curve on something that is starting to pick up a lot of steam in Europe. In America, nobody has any fucking clue because they're idiots. But in, <laughs> uh, sorry, that was a little strong. I told you to be brutal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in Europe, you know, Beast in Black, Battle Beast, those kinds of bands are white hot, mm -hmm. uh, and rightfully so. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I feel like they're they're trying to get on this trend before it gets too big internationally, okay? Um, but it doesn't work for them. Like I want them to be Dragon Force, you know, and they're not. Okay. Now the other part of this that that I think is a little odd, and I could be dead wrong. These guys could be best of friends, okay? But we didn't see it on this tour, or, or maybe it was going to happen during the uh, encore that we missed. But there's a point where the guys from Nanowar come out and they do this song that rips on Sabaton. Okay, or that's like a parody of Sabaton. Now, is it Sabaton like the band overall or is it a specific song? No, 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 Sabaton? no, it's Sabaton the band overall. Okay. And last time when we saw them in April, they ripped. Like the lead singer said, oh, come on, it works for Sabaton. Like he was like complaining. And I feel like there's some jealousy that effectively sabaton can be sabaton album after album doing no different right no evolution whatsoever 
All right. Well, Sabaton is drawing upon for their creative material. Yeah. History. You know, wars yes. that happened historically speaking, yes. like World War One, World War Two. Yeah. All these material. other little battles in between those. So that's what they specialize in, and there's a specific crowd that is drawn to that type of music. Right, but like Sabaton is revered. Like they do yeah. insane sales. Mm -hmm. Okay, sales that probably Dragon Force isn't getting. If I were, like, I, I'm just guessing that that people and and also Sabaton has inadvertently brought in like the Call of Duty crowd, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. a lot of the gaming crowd because it's all about war. You know, yeah. the music's all about war. But they're almost historians in a way. Oh yeah, like they're musicians, but they're also you know telling these epic tales yes. of battles that happened. Yeah, and they they've lent, they've leaned into that because they even like make documentaries now, like yeah. mini documentaries. Mm -hmm. And and look, I love Sabaton. <laughs> I mean, I, they're for like We've seen them live too. Oh, oh, they, and they were fucking amazing, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, so good. Holy shit. What a what a great what a great show that was. Yeah. Um We saw them with Hammerfall. Yes, was that at the Palladium? But I think we were in the in the balcony. We were in the balcony when we but saw But that, that was also at the Palladium. If it was, I I don't I know it's in Massachusetts. So. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was also at the Palladium, and that I'll have to look. But anyway, r regardless, but that was the one time where we were actually in the in the balcony, because normally we're on the floor. Um, okay, regardless, here's the thing: I get the sense that Dragon Force, uh, and maybe this will cause some heat in the metal the the metal community, and I'll have to start doing a metal show again or something. But anyway, I get the sense that Dragon Force is jealous of Sabaton's success. Like, I think it's kind of weak to to rip on a band multiple times. Um, Maybe. I mean, I feel like Dragon Force has nothing to be jealous of. I mean, they've got the most revered guitar player, I think, in the extreme power metal community. Oh, yeah, Her Herman Lee's a legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How can they be jealous? I mean, I just feel like it wouldn't make any sense because they have their own strengths, and if they would just focus on that... You know they they could really excel, but then trying to reach into this disco realm like mm. it's it's just not working for them. And maybe that's what you're sensing is that they're just, um, like, you know, desperately trying to find new avenues to pull in listeners. Oh, I think that. But they don't need to. They yeah, really no, don't need to. But I think for some reason they feel they do. That's why they brought in this YouTube guy. You know, Maybe well, in America their audience isn't very big. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. It's I don't know. just America. Yeah, I just I felt like they there, there was there was some position of weakness on that stage that I noticed this time. And in and in combination with what we saw last year, it's like really you're going to rip on Sabaton multiple times? Like that now you're getting now you're getting weird. All right, know? but that that might have been Nano War of Steel's idea. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But that—that's disappointing too. Is that like, okay, you've got one of the best female vocalists in the world today in Elise Ridd, and you don't bring her on for a fucking encore. You—you you know, like I, I thought that was strange. Like you bring in Nana War of Steel instead of you've got Amaranth, you know, there, and you're not doing. I mean, like holy hell, when we went to Dream Sonic and we saw. Like I, I mean, I'm like I'm getting goosebumps just saying the idea that Dream Theater and Devin Townsend are on the stage at the same goddamn time, and then Animals yeah. as Leaders came out the same. Yeah. I mean, like, why wouldn't you do this with Amaranth Dragon right. Force? Right, like Holy bring shit. together all of the bands that are on tour together. That Holy would have been fuck. beautiful. Because when fuck. we went to Dream Sonic, like 
Devin Townsend was singing Dream Theater lyrics to a Dream Theater song. Oh. And he was doing so wonderful, so oh. beautiful. It oh. was incredible. Oh, I, I get chills. A, a memorable experience. And, and, and like, yeah, Animals as Leaders was on stage. They were playing, too, yeah. along with Dream Theater. Yeah. I kind of thought that, like, maybe they would try to do, you know, bring the family together with this tour as well. Right. But it sounds like maybe there just wasn't enough room on stage. I I can't believe it. That's just strange. Maybe I mean, the creative visions didn't align. I don't know. But then go to Canada and like bring out a. I mean, absolutely bring out you know Elise White Glutes. I mean, she's you know a legend in her own right. Uh, you know, with Arch Enemy. But again, you don't bring out Elise Red. Like I I just think that's 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 crazy talk, crazy town. Especially if you're in if you're in the United States and supposedly everything is like. The force is female, you know, and all this shit. Like, and, and if, okay, so if you want to attract, you know, if you want to appease the, the American crowd that is, a, you know, whatever, like, okay, bring out a female singer. You, you know what I mean? It, it, it's just, there, there's something wrong there. I feel like there's something very, like, Dragon Force has some kind of self-esteem issue. And they don't need to. Maybe. Maybe they're a little insecure. Yeah. You know, but I would say that it would be crazy for them to not feel that at least a little bit like everybody should feel that all the time at least a little you know like you can't always rely on your past successes to carry you forward you have to continue evolving like you said you know in order unless to you're sabaton <laughs> yeah well sabaton has quite a lot that they yeah can i mean critics yeah critics do rip on them for not evolving yeah yeah i don't care like no just keep doing what you're doing man that's fine <laughs> yeah i mean as long as you keep making new material is what i'm saying yeah right? yeah, yeah and yeah. as long as it's good um, yeah but this new material that they're making they must know that it's not that good supposedly yeah well and here's another thing too because this is the problem so you kind of rip on sabaton but then as i understand it they perform a taylor swift song during the encore and and there's a good bet that on their album they have what is it warp speed heroes or something they called it uh that's coming out in march or february or march um I'm, I'm gonna guess there's gonna be they're gonna do a taylor swift cover on there that gets into a whole other world of weirdness all right th that just says to me like they really want to reach the american audience yeah but it's not just them too with that I, I, there's something weird going on there because, like, I even I even caught a video of David Draymond uh, talking about like Taylor Swift at a concert, and he's talking to a fan up front, mm -hmm. and somebody, rightfully so, at a metal show, yells out from the back, "Taylor Swift sucks," and of course they're yeah, right, yeah, yeah, you know, like, uh, yeah, she does, and David Draymond says, "Shut up, she's awesome," you know, and all this, and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, where is this coming from? So, so I have to interject here and say I did hear recently. Um, j just a couple people were talking, and I overheard them. Um, and and there's one person in the conversation that's like, "What has Taylor Swift even done for music? You know, yeah, right. she, she's just like, you know, another pop star." And yep. she, and my personal feeling on this is she never deserved to become famous. Like she's not, I agree. she's not talented enough to become as famous as she has become. Yep. But somehow she just forced her way up that ladder mm -hmm. uh, through money or whatever other cajoling mm -hmm. means. Mm -hmm. um, but the other person in the conversation responded, well, she did do this thing where um, there's some drama in the past where 
there was a record company that owned oh, the originals of yeah, her, and her she music. did Taylor's version. Yeah, that was courageous. That was yeah, bold. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think there's some sort of IP law that she is trying to redefine yes. for musicians, um, which, like, if that allows them to have more like freedom and possession over their own creative product, great. You know, I, yeah. I I don't believe in IP personally. I think that anybody should be able to like copy anything at any time and not be punished for it. Right. Um and the fact that like a musician has recorded something and uh like a, a studio owns that and they can't even reproduce it on mm -hmm. their own like that is literally to me insane. Yeah. Um, so if she's doing something to combat that, that's great. You know? I just, I don't know the specifics around that, yeah. so I'm not going to speak too much more on that. that. That makes some sense that, okay, musicians revere Taylor Swift because she, you know, like, in, basically when the record company said, no, we own your music, she's like, well, fuck you, I'm going to go and, like, re-record all mm -hmm. of my albums yeah. and re-release them. I mean, I, I'll give her credit for that, like, bold move, nice job, you know. Sure, um, sure. And maybe that's what David Drearman was saying. Maybe. But then, you know, at the same time, then come out and just say, yeah, intellectual property is bullshit, you know, and and <laughs> like that that'd be nice, but that that's not gonna happen, I know. Um anyway, I I just that I understand a band wanting to stay relevant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just think there's ways to go about that and then there's ways that, that really like spit on your core audience a bit or make you look soft and and i and i i i'm not there you know it's one thing to cover celine dion with my heart will go on yeah see okay. that's that's respectful you know yeah and you're covering somebody who has like m more talent in their pinky toe than taylor swift has in her <laughs> entire being that being celine dion absolutely yes. okay uh, uh Go ahead. I, I just think there's also this element of like never speak badly about other people unless you want it to come back on you. And I think that, you know, them even saying something that is has that negative energy around it mm -hmm. of like, well, sabotage can get away with it. You know, you can just sense the, the negativity in that statement. Like yeah. I I feel like that is inviting trouble. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm all for judging people and insulting people. Like, I'm a big supporter of doing that, but... Maybe in a safe environment? Yeah, the thing is, like, you're Dragon Force. You've won! Yeah. You've already won! You don't have to do that anymore, you know? Yeah, I have to insult people because there's people that got to get taken down, you know? <laughs> but There always will be. <laughs> right. I mean, there's still going to be, like, the Bill Gates of the world. Right. And, and the Elon Musks and uh, Donald Trumps. And yeah. The list goes on and on. Yeah. Of people that just need to go away. Yeah, but there's no need for Dragon Force to do that. Like, uh, <laughs> no. I, I mean, mean again, we all love Dragon Force. We want them around. Yeah. You know? We want them to do their Dragon Force thing. Yeah. that's. The, I mean, they've been to the top of the mountain. Okay? I haven't been to the top of the mountain. Not not in my industry. So, like, that's very different. I, I, I just don't get it. Same with Disturbed. Like, Disturbed, you don't have to do that. You, you don't have to defend Taylor Swift. You don't have to defend shit. You know, you've almost broken, like, Metallica's record for having five 
albums all debut at number one on Billboard. Like you were God, that close so to good. Do, they were yeah, they're, I mean, they're so amazing. It was so close. Um, not going to get into his politics, but uh, you know they they have no need to do that anyway. Whatever. Okay. All right, but he is a fellow Jew. He is. I know. He's tribe. <laughs> yeah, he's just got it wrong. But that's we won't we won't get into that war here. Uh, I'll do that in other venues, other areas. So, <laughs> well, we've been recording for almost an hour, and we still haven't gotten into our main story. We've gotten to a single story. We need to do that. Uh, but bottom line, okay, all that said about Dragon Force, it was an amazing night. It was an amazing show. Like it was really, truly, great. it truly, truly was. Yeah, yeah. We were. We had so much fun. We were dancing the whole night. Yes. We went home and showered and crashed. Yes. It was, it was that crazy of a show. Yeah, but that was awesome. I mean, and don't, don't let me dissuade you folks. If you've never seen Dragon Force live, you this is something you have to do. Because yeah. there's nothing else like it. Just be prepared for the amount of sheer energy that you get blasted well, that's with. Yeah, that's the thing. You, like, you're just, you're done. You're, you, you yep. know, because at the same time, like, I would say, okay, say Dragon Force is on the weaker side now. And Amaranth is actually the bigger band, say, in, in the popular consciousness. I'm not saying that's true. It's certainly not in America, unfortunately. It should be. But uh, or, I'm not even saying it should be. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if that were if that were the case. Uh, because, you know, just what Amaranth is. Nobody can follow up Dragon Force. You can't. Like, no. <laughs> like, they're, they're, I can't imagine what band has no. more energy. Yeah, there's no faces left to melt. Nope. Like, it's it's over. Okay? <laughs> you know, They've it, been eviscerated. Yeah, they're done. All right? Like, nobody, ex <laughs> uh, except for maybe Victorious. Victorious might be able to follow up Dragon Force. But they're the only band on the planet that could do that. Um, even then, I don't know. But that, but the point stands. Nobody can follow up Dragon Force. Like, you are, you are just wasted. No alcohol required. After a Dragon Force show, you're done. You, you, it's over. Would you yep, agree? Yeah, yep. You just walk out and you're like, "That's my life." Yeah, my life is over. Yeah, I've I've seen the best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like I guess you have climbed the mountain with them. So, yeah. um, so do do so. Even though all my criticisms, do so. It is totally worth it. Uh, it's a life changing experience. Absolutely. Yeah. So all right. Um, Let's. You had three amazing stories. I want to get into all of them. We did two hours plus last time. If we've got to do that again, we're going to do let's it. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Um, let, let's let's break out these stories. So the first Ooh. one you had was from Psychology Today, which, believe it or not, folks, on Sovereign Technica uh, content, I, like I've I've pulled out Psych Today stories a million times. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Uh, when I was still writing and authoring on the newsletter right psychology today was often quoted yeah and i mean to their credit they will publish big names or i mean not big names i should say controversial names um people in all different kinds of communities that i have always appreciated that they gave them a voice dr peter gray for one uh is one of my favorites who um you know, does a lot of work with studying, uh, you know, anthropological work with studying uh, modern tribes and everything, as well as anthropological work. And that'd be sociological today, I guess. But anyway, regardless, uh, psychology today is a phenomenal uh, outlet, in my opinion. Yeah, so, sometimes they do these long-form articles that mm -hmm. are so in-depth and amazing. And they have all sorts of strange content. Like you mentioned, um, one of my favorites was there was an article where they were discussing near-death experiences. Yes. 
Um, and, and I really appreciated that because it is not often talked about. Yeah, and they also uh, had the balls to highlight, um, you know, on uh, 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 reincarnation. Mm-hmm. You know, like the study yep. out of the University of Virginia, which is important work. Um, so, yeah, it, kudos to them. All right, so this is a story. It's actually, boy, is, is this an older story that, that got uh, revised in 2016? Yeah, it and looks like it. Yeah, that, no, that's great. Because, you know, that's another problem. We were talking earlier about the problem of permanence or like how, how we expect everything to be permanent today. Um, I think another problem we have due to the Internet is that if a story is more than two weeks old, who cares? Like, oh, no, there must be an update now because we expect new information all the time now because of the speed at which things get put out there, published, whatever, because of the Internet. Um, no, you know, there's actually science from, honestly, 60 years ago that is still completely valid and up-to-date today. Uh, so, you know, a story being from 2011, revised in 2016, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, some of these contents are, are evergreen. You yeah, know, totally. They never die. They More never stuff gold. should be evergreen. So I'm with you. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so what? let's see. Well, this is titled Sex, Intelligent Intercourse. Give it to me. Why Smarties Have Less Sex. So I'm just going to skip the first... Uh, the first yeah, comment. get to the high notes on me. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I, I like the uh, the name here, Why Smarties Have Less Sex. Smarties. Yeah. So this is, imagine you're watching Idiocracy. It's kind of like the the opening to that movie where, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, the, the highly intelligent college educated people are like, well, let's wait until we're 30. Now let's freeze our eggs. And then right. there's like the the trailer trash people on the other side of the... <laughs> <laughs> the spectrum that are having like seven children by the yeah. time they're in their mid twenties, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, just imagine that, and I'll I'll go on reading the story. Go for it. Intelligence is negatively associated with sex frequency, says Rosemary Hopcroft, a sociologist at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte. It's a bit dismaying. And people with higher education levels generally have lower numbers of sexual partners. So. Do you want to just uh, comment on that for for a moment? Sure. Intelligence yeah. is negatively associated with sex frequency, and people with higher education levels have fewer partners. So, what what are your initial thoughts on that? Uh, this is that's the kingdom upside down. Um, <laughs> I don't like my my first blush. So yeah, here's a quote from yeah from Rosemary Hopcroft. Like you said, intelligence is negatively associated with sex frequency, meaning. That, like you said, with the the um, idiocracy example, that people who are more intelligent have less sex. Yeah, that's what frequency means, right. you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, just breaking it down for the uh, for the people that are having all the sex. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Just in case you didn't catch it the first three times that we said it. Um, so, I think that this can po- it's probably true for most people. Um, okay. It's kind of mind-boggling to me that that this is a thing, but I understand where they're coming from. That that is the perception that most people have, probably the experience that a lot of well-educated people have, because they're thinking about the consequences of what's going to happen if I get into this relationship. You know, they're thinking long-term, mm-hmm. whereas there's a lot of people in the world, less intelligent, less educated, maybe that don't think about those consequences that are just like all in um only thinking about the moment yeah and 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 maybe that's really it but um i mean as far as personal experience i beg to differ 
Oh yeah. Well, that, <laughs> well, that's hmm. okay. Well, let, let, let's break some things down. Okay. Okay. Because, in fact, I think I think I see here right in the article. It does say like, why is this? And it says, and and uh, uh, a different commentator, uh, and Johnny Chandra, who is with the CDC, scientist with the CDC, says it's hard to pick apart. Okay. Now that. I think is is spot on. This is hard to pick apart. Um, but they found a higher concentration of virgins at the top of the intelligence scale. Yeah. Okay. But this is so. This is this is wildly complex. All right. So here here's first off. Let's get this out of the way. You are a beautiful anomaly. Because. Now I'm not saying that that you're necessarily. I mean, you are you are unique. You're incredibly unique in so many ways. We're all unique. We're all unique. Yes, but you are unique, uniquely. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> I am uniquely unique. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> but most. I think this is fair to say. I don't have stats for this, uh, but most ridiculously hot super metal supermodel level women are not brain surgeons, okay? I'm, you're not a brain surgeon either, but you get I'm my point. I'm not a brain surgeon. I'm not a rocket scientist. Right. I use those as colloquialisms, though. I did go to college for six years. Yes. You are an engineer. You could, I think, easily or handily, maybe not easily, but handily get your master's if you wanted to take oh, the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course you could. Right? I just don't have the time. No, right. Exactly. But that's all. That's the only reason. No, so, I, I still want to do that. I feel yeah, yeah. very passionate about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and and, and, and I know you, you do it and it's done, okay? But the fact is, and this isn't a negative against women, I am just saying that, you know, I mean, you literally are a supermodel. Like, you oh, are so insanely hot, okay? <laughs> In fact, I can't even tell you how many people, when I post about you, say, on Instagram, how many you know, messages or comments that I get, either direct messages or comments, like, holy shit, post her a picture. You know, you know, like, I, I mean. So I personally um, have rejected accepting my beauty for yeah, sure. a very long time. Sure. Or at least when I was younger, I, I almost resented it. Sure. Because people do treat you differently when they view you that way. Yes. And I wanted to be seen for more than my physical looks. I wanted right. people to recognize, no, I am intelligent, I am yes. passionate, I have all of these other qualities, but all that people say is my face, you know, yeah, right. or my tits, you know. Yep, which are huge. <laughs> and so, <laughs> uh, so, and people have told me this my entire life, like, you're going to blow the minds of everyone that you work with. Yes. You're a scientist and you're so hot. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I, I don't know how to feel about this. You know, people right. are telling me that it's just, it's hard to live with, you know, being that person. But yeah. I hear what you're saying. I've been told it plenty of times. And I'm not saying that I personally agree. I'm just saying this is what I've been told. And you being my husband, I would expect you to say that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> But <laughs> sure. But uh, I'm just saying it's been reinforced. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, there, there's okay. Look, like beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Sure. Blah 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 blah. Okay. But there are conventional Hollywood reinforced standards of beauty, and you blow all of them out of the water. Okay. So Pew. yeah. So that so that's what I'm saying. Like like oh, and I told you whenever you've gone for like a job interview, you know, it's like yeah, you're amazing on paper. Just get them on a Zoom call. They're hiring you in a heartbeat, and I know why. 
Okay. And, and somehow I always get the job that I want. Well, that's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> and, and so, and like, you know, I know every morning, you know, you know, after I make you breakfast, get everything ready, blah, blah, blah. I know when you go to work, every fucking guy in the place, and probably a lot of the gals too, are going to stare at you. You know, and they're going to drool. And you're fine with that. Oh, I'm is, totally fine with that. Which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It's you're like, so incredible. Yeah. It's like, it's all right. You're, you're drooling. That's just like you slow clapping for how hot my wife is. And thank you. So <laughs> <laughs> You've won. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It's fine. Okay. Um, so <laughs> like I said, folks, when I got to the top of the mountain, that was just in my industry. But in life, no, no, I've, I've gotten to the top of the mountain. Uh, so <laughs> but well, I've uh, gotten to the top of the mountain, too. Well, well. Thank you. <laughs> anyway. But but that's what I'm saying is that I get to climb the mountain quite often. <laughs> it's a big mountain. So <laughs> Okay. All right. So <laughs> We are talking about sex here, folks. This yeah. isn't that crazy. Yeah. Okay. And I want to use a bunch of strange sex analogies that I've heard <laughs> in these Asia saga books. So oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. ready to drop them. All right. All right. Well, Anyway, so so here's 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 the thing, like like I was bringing this full circle or, or getting back to the back, getting back to it. Okay, you are an anomaly. So yes, you have had a ton of sex. I have. Right? Yeah, I have. And, and rightfully so. Okay. It felt great. Yeah, 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 and not just with yeah. yeah. Most of the time. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so you have had a ton of sex, you know, and and a part of that. I mean, we could get into the conventional, and again, I'm speaking conventionally, okay? Not what's right and wrong, not what's moral, not what's yada yada, okay? Speaking conventionally. Uh, you know, you've been able to do that. While it could be argued that, you know, it's always easy for any woman to have plenty of sex, that's not always true. Yeah, and, um, and let's define plenty of sex. So it doesn't yeah. say it in this article, but there uh -huh. are other Psychology Today articles about sex that talk about this. So a lot of sex is considered to be three or more times a week. That's insane. Yeah. That's low. <laughs> but okay. For us, it's low. Yeah. Because we yeah. have a lot of sex. Like, yeah, yeah. A lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and it's wonderful. Yeah. And I'm so happy about it. Yes. And I will never complain. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and we've been together for, what, five years now? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and, um, and we're married. Straight. And, you know, no, the sex and life has not slowed down at all. We're still so excited about each yes. other. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, I, I, someone told me that, oh, no, after a couple of years, sex slows down, sex is this, and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, Yeah, I mean, there are certain weeks where, like, okay, we only had sex once this week, but that's usually because something's happening. It's not lack of desire. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's, no. It's something, you know, like, maybe I'm on my period, or, like, one of us is sick, you know? Yeah, it, or we're having to do something for somebody or whatever, mm, yeah. you know, like, it, it, but it's certainly not because, like, yeah okay but but usually for us it's like four or five times a week yeah even that's slightly lower end i think <laughs> you know for us that that's being a little modest but yeah that's okay well so, there's some nights where like it's just too late and we're tired you yeah know? That, that does but, happen but that's like once a week maybe twice a week yeah and it's not like we're too tired to have sex it's just like no we really need to get enough sleep exactly you know and yep. and that and we know how much sleep we need it's not yeah. So it's always just running out of time, not running out of desire. Okay. So anyway, um, all right. So you've had a ton of sex and, but you're hot, right? So, I mean, we're speaking conventionally here. Okay. And, and you're and, saying that and I'm you're also, brilliant. I, I'm highly educated. Yeah. You're least. also highly intelligent. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and everybody recognizes that, you know, you don't have to hear that from me. So, 
Um, and you also are highly intelligent. Uh, okay. All right. Well, well, we'll get to that. I mean, we're we're odd people out no matter what. No matter what. Yeah. I I that's I think what I'm saying is that we are a special case. Here. Yeah. But I'm. Okay. So yes, I. Th- and thank you for saying that. First off, I'm I'm really honored by that, and I hear that from a lot of people. Uh, you know that I'm I'm a highly intelligent person. Okay. Yeah, and this has been proven for you historically too. Sure. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, consider the uh, amount of stage time that you used to get um, doing, what was it, like trivia or... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was the king of the nerds, yeah. The, the king of the nerds. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I know. Like, so, okay. See, that's the thing, though. There's a debate of whether I'm intelligent or just because I have this ridiculous fucking memory that I can just remember everything, you know, and that that appears to be intelligence now that's an interesting conversation to get into with this yeah what exactly is intelligence right yeah okay that is an interesting thing to get into but and we'll get into that but i think memory is a huge part of that yes okay yeah recall information recall is a huge part of that you're right okay but i want to talk about this a bit okay so yes it could be argued that i'm intelligent or very intelligent yes and i mean what do i think of myself yes i think i'm a fucking genius you know, and, and, and I've yelled out as much even on my shows, you know, at times. Well, I agree okay. with you, sweetie. Well, thank you. All right. And, but, you know, I, we'll, we'll leave it to, to third-party validators. All right. <laughs> so. And as far as men go, I think you are highly attractive as well. Okay. I'll debate you on that as with others. but th- Well, I think you have some things that you might be insecure about, but I have never seen any of those. Like, to me, you are just sexy and huge, monstrous and perfect thank you thank you i love you and i i know i okay so as far as that goes like i know that i give off a insane amount of masculine energy and testosterone yeah you've got a machismo Uh, yeah okay like i know that i give that off even though i have physically you know there are flaws you know uh, okay and we don't need to you know whatever i'm not getting into those we don't need to go down that road because everybody has flaws no right everybody does okay okay um, but my, you know, so I understand where my, you know, sex, sexy factor kind of comes from and which is part of probably why I've been able to have a ridiculous amount of sex. Okay. In my life as well. Um, and I mean, the irony is, you know, think, okay, just taking a moment f- with myself, a lot of the sex that I've had was directly, you know, what got me into the rooms shall we say, to even have these sex, to have the sex, like, in whatever, and I mean the hotel rooms and whatever else, actually did come from what you brought up, was my, you know, was my memory, was winning, was being the king of the nerds, was like winning all those trivia contests and everything. That's what made me a big deal. And then I start, you know, get to hang out with some, like, celebrities or whatever. But that's what got me into the hotel rooms. That's what got me, like, the gals initially. Because, like, in high school, no girls paid attention to me whatsoever. You know, but then I go to these science fiction conventions and holy fuck, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm the hot shit and I'm, I'm not bragging. Like I'm really, please folks, I'm really not bragging. I'm just saying that, but what made me the hot shit was my intellect, you know, whether that's intelligence or whatever, it, it was that, like, that's what got people, you know, kind of going. Um, yeah. And the interesting thing in this article too, is they, they don't talk about frequency only. They also talk about the number of partners. And mm-hmm. usually for highly intelligent people, that's a smaller number than for 
less educated people. Now, for me, that number is, I want to say it's less than 10. Yeah. For you, I think it's like you can't even count. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And again, I'm not saying it's supposed like, and I've talked to people about this in the past, you know, like you, you really, you lose count after a hundred. Like, I mean, you just like with the amount of people that I've had sex with, you know, like, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't count it. You're right. That, that, that's what matters. You're looking at me funny. <laughs> yeah. It just, you know, makes me feel kind of gross when I think about it, but I know it was a long time ago. It was a different time. It, yeah. It was just a different time. Like that, that, that's the thing. So. Yeah, and and also I think it's probably easier for someone like you to have one night stands, whereas, or, or to like buy prostitutes or something. Well, but, I mean, I was traveling the world. I mean, yeah. it was, it, it, yeah, like it, it was kind of a byproduct of, of the situation, among other things. Anyway, it was a crazy life. So. Yeah, but for <laughs> someone like me, I who has like. Not only am I completely psychotic and I'm always overthinking things, <laughs> I overthink everything, literally everything, um, including, like, who I, I choose to be romantic with. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's hard for me to, like, not think about the consequences or to not have some sort of, like, weird attachment issue. At least in the past it was, you know? Yeah. Like, when I was younger and I was still dealing with a lot of these things, um, but since... You and I have been together, you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of been settled, so it's not really something that I worry about anymore. Yeah, I mean, but people have... Or go ahead. I'm, I'm just saying, like, when I was younger, I, I had a very different mindset about sex. Yeah. And, you know, it was something where I wasn't looking to have sex with a lot of strangers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as, like, relationships I've had, you know, that... Oh, that's probably, like, I mean, 10 might even be the high. I, I don't know. I mean... I can easily count those as far as like long-term relationships that I ever had. Yeah, yeah. Th- those are very few. Um, so if that's what, the, but I mean, that's not exactly what they're saying because they're talking about sexual partners. Exactly. Right? Yep. Yeah. So sexual partners, that number is wildly different. But as far as like, again, long-term relationships, that's actually very low. Um, so uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. The strange thing is, um, they also say in this article that. Uh, sure. Bright teens are just as likely to postpone relatively innocuous activities like kissing. And it's hard to imagine that a 15-year-old wouldn't kiss a boy because they're worried about getting pregnant. So are these choices or questions of opportunity? Yeah, okay. So, well, here's... Do, do you have a comment on that, or...? Um, you go ahead first. Okay. Because I think here is where we need to talk about what is intelligence. Okay. Um, well, we don't even... No, we don't have to go there yet. Okay, so... Why did I? Why was I buried in books? Like, look, I've wanted to be with gals since I was... As far back as I can remember. You know? <laughs> I might not have been as bad as my older brother, Wally, who, like, brought his first girl home when he was, like, five. But... What? Yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> oh, you know, man. he was out there, like, collecting frogs and everything, and then one day he walks in... Hi, Mom. This is Michelle. You know? <laughs> okay. That's adorable. Oh, it's a classic story in my family. Uh, but anyway, uh, I wasn't too far off from that. You know? Like, I was interested in gals from an exceptionally young age. Okay. Uh, so, but why was I buried in the books? And it's because I wasn't attractive, at the least at the time. 
you know, or I mean, I, again, I'm not going to say I even am now, but I saw pictures. I think people just didn't see what was there to see. Yeah, well, because you were into nerdy shit, and that's not cool. Yeah, but but like I was into the nerdy shit because like okay, so granted, my dad when I was super young, my dad gave me the advice: become an expert in something that they're not. Mm-hmm. And he, it'll and, make you endlessly fascinating. Yes, and that was his idea: was that that would be my that would be my store of value, right? Like with these people or whatever. And so, I, I to some degree, I still do this to that to this day. I still do that to this day. Um, I love this father to son advice about how to get women. Oh, jeez. Yeah. My so dad. I never really had a father. Yeah. So hearing this is just fascinating. Yeah, and, and well, and to be fair, like, does my dad know what he's talking about? Well, uh, my dad was a bit of a womanizer, and anyway. So it worked for him. It worked for him, you know. But he was also he's another one. My dad he's had brilliant. T- my dad. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy. Like, look, is the Voyager two still out there flying? Yes. Okay. Thank my dad. Uh, you know, for, for I do every yeah, right. time I think about him. Like, <laughs> for, God for, damn it, right. he's so brilliant for being a part of something that that is still, you know, that has left the solar system. That's him amazing. Him and Carl Sagan. Him and Carl Sagan, and, and you know, those two knew each other very well. Um, so, but he had tons of sex. Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan probably got laid so goddamn much. I know if I was alive at the time, right? I would have done it. I would have grabbed the ankles for Carl Sagan. I mean, that's that's fine, you know. Like that's okay. So <laughs> he's just one of those men that's um that's got that much uh, yeah right sex appeal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's his he is really a case where his his intellect is totally what makes him sexy. You know. Yeah that that put him to the level of like beyond human. Right. In a way. Right. And then, you know, let's talk... I mean, we mentioned... Or you and I were talking about him earlier today. Isaac Asimov. I mean, now we know. I didn't know this growing up, but his nickname was Hundred Hands Asimov. He was getting laid all the time. Like, he was all over the ladies. Harlan had to hold him off. Like, Harlan would literally walk behind or walk in front of Ike, walk in front of Isaac, Isaac Asimov, when they're going up the stairs to keep him from grabbing girls' asses. You know? And so... <laughs> Which is just such a funny story. I know. Like, it's crazy. Because he's such a fucking nerd. Like, oh, yeah. And he's not a stud, other he's, than he's a big Jew, like me, I guess. But he's not a stud. No, he's he, he's not very physically attractive. No, right. That's true. But he's one of the pro, most prolific writers of all time in both science fiction and fi- and true science fact. Yes. Uh, it's just amazing, like yeah. all of, all of the works that he has accomplished, yeah, and the endless creativity of his mind, yeah, really shot him to the level of superhuman as well. Right. So the funny thing is, we're kind of and, and Harlan. Okay, here's another guy. Let's let's bring this up. One last example. Harlan, fucking genius. You know, and and I'm not even going to say the unspeakable things I do to somebody who would say otherwise about Harlan. No, I agree. Uh, and also, ironically, like. I mean, he would con- he considered himself sexy until he's like fifty, okay. Um, but I mean, this is a guy who literally getting featured in Playboy, you know, and all this stuff. I mean, Harlan, super rebellious. Uh, yeah, Harlan, Just badass attitude. Right, but super intelligent. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And but he was getting laid all the time. I mean, it was nonstop. Which is kind of so, like crazy to me because yeah. he was a small man. Very, yeah, just a little Jewish guy. Very yeah. small. Yeah. Uh, so. You know, like, 
I bring up all these examples. Now, granted, there's the celebritydom maybe that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. That could be a part of why they are the odd men out as far as getting laid a lot. Yeah. Because, again, this article is saying, oh, well, actually, if you're intelligent, you don't have as many sexual partners. It's where, the, you know, Harlan and, and Isaac alone, you know, would, would probably match pretty well with a lot of heavy metal artists frankly um so (laughs) yeah well i think this this um study was probably focusing on the general populace like college campuses yeah yeah so okay well back to my point so we're bringing a lot of counter examples here but back to my point like why was i into the books why was i reading so much and it was honestly because girls didn't pay attention to me you know and so like i was diving into the books because i had the time (laughs) because you know and and because uh uh, maybe I thought that it would impress them. Maybe I thought, you know, whatever. I mean, this is teenage me thinking, or even pre-teenage. Um, yeah, so... I guess the point I'm trying to make is that a lot of people that are really book smart, they're book smart because they're not out there fucking all the time like they want to be. Maybe. I mean, so your story is very interesting. I just want to counterpoint it with mine. Sure. So I, I read a lot when I was younger... Um, including as a teenager, mm-hmm. you know, going through puberty years mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, I read a lot because I wanted to escape to other worlds that yeah. were better than the one I was living in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in doing so, um, I I learned a lot. I was able to, like, spread my wings, so, so, so to speak, um, you know, reading all sorts of things, not just, like, better worlds that I wanted to live in, but also... Like the the dystopian, this is what we should learn from kind of kind of side of things, mm-hmm. um, and I think I picked up from that a certain mentality of being very cautious, and that is kind of what led me to always be questioning what decisions I was making romantically. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, there's just a million different factors that go into that, like some of my family was religious and that kind of the shame around sex rubbed off on me in that way. Um, and then there's also the fact that like I was very self-conscious and I didn't have a lot of self-esteem. Um, so even if guys were hitting on me, I wouldn't reciprocate because I'm shy Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. still to this day, I'm a little shy. (laughs) (laughs) But, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it takes it Working takes a little it. bit for me to come out of my shell. But once I'm out, I'm like all out. You oh know? yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it's a bit overwhelming, I think, for some people. Yeah, I love it. But uh, continue. I know you love it, and I can just shower it on you. Yeah. Uh, mm. <laughs> and I do shower you. Do you do shower? Yeah. Well. Uh, <laughs> all right. But anyway, so I I just find it fascinating that we both have like very different reasons for why we're reading yeah. so much. Uh, when we were younger, which maybe contributed to our intelligences. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I, I agree. Um, so this is, again, this 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 gets into ultimately a weird place. As in, how are they gauging like intelligence? Because IQ is horseshit. Okay, in it's fact, so specific. It's it's like, can you solve this puzzle? Can you figure out this problem? It right. doesn't measure a lot of other metrics that would contribute to intelligence. Yeah, yeah. Now, because a lot of people, now, so you like the movie Idiocracy? Uh, yeah, we've watched it together. Yeah, I like the movie Idiocracy. I love it. Like, it's, it's hilarious. It's, yeah, it's a great movie. Terry Crews is awesome. Yes. <laughs> so, 
a lot of people now critique that movie and and actually consider it to be you know either like racist eugenicist whatever else and they make a lot of arguments against it some of those arguments i think are kind of valid um like they bring up that okay there's a bit of a eugenics argument in this and that well the problem with the world is that smart people aren't having children you know and all the dummies are and so it's creating more dumb people that's not how intelligence works you know like i i mean this this kind of genetic argument like that that's yeah. that's not that's not how intelligence works yeah not exactly i yeah. mean i think there is a genetic component to it but it's certainly not the entire thing i think it's it comes down to that nature nurture argument of right. like half of its nature half of its nurture right and nurture actually plays a huge role you know in like if the potential is there is mm -hmm. it going to be expressed mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so you know i i hear what you're saying that there's a, a eugenics argument there and that definitely wouldn't play out in the real world like there would still be some yeah. intelligence in in the general populace yeah yeah so um i mean i i guess so so the idiocracy thing is like there there are some problems with it i still think that the overall premise of idiocracy that the world is getting dumber through more so through advertising and a lot of other things yeah. it's not the eugenics aspect it's not because smart people aren't having kids it's not it's not that but a lot of the more corporate uh, corporatism arguments within it are all still completely valid it's yeah. like okay fine get rid of the problems with iq that that are one of your arguments against the movie get rid of your problems of eugenics okay like but still again the premise the overall premise of the film is spot on okay. yeah absolutely like yeah. the idea that corporatism and advertisement are what making people dumber like right. people believe what you tell them if you're a big enough company like yeah. i forget what the company was in the movie but like the the gatorade kind of was it gatorade i uh, forget brando brando yeah, yeah. yeah. so it was uh, it's got electrolytes it's what the plants crave it's yeah if, if you just say that enough times mm. eventually people are going to start believing that though there's still going to be people in the world that are like uh i'm a gardener that's not true yeah right. and i'll show you why right um but still you can convince a lot of people just by repeating things over and over again. yeah i mean this is the nature of cultural memes yeah not memes like on instagram memes like 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 the viral memes like the, the literally ideas, ideas. That... yeah like mimetic so yeah um again that that premise is still on with with, with that movie brought to you by carl's jr um so <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> welcome to costco i love you yeah yeah right right so i i get annoyed by people who like try to critique that film and say oh this this movie is you know uh uh you know either racist or eugenic or whatever it's like no no i like i get i get your points okay but then toss those parts out the movie is still again still telling the truth or still spreading some degree of truth okay so that's the thing with this intellect is like how is even the people in this study with psychology today like how are they gauging how a person's intelligent what by like high school grades you know like what what's what's the sauce because all of those things don't really gauge you know intelligence uh, in my opinion, because like you said, there's multiple types of intelligence. There, you know, there's so much more to that. Yeah. Well, they must have given them all some form of IQ test, mm -hmm. and I'm guessing that's how they gauge their intelligence. Right. Because, uh, I mean, how else are you going to do it as a large scale study? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
Exactly. I mean, because here's the thing, you know, I feel that the amount of sex you have can often just really, it's just a matter of how much time do you have, you know, once you have a sexual partner, okay? Um, yeah, but people who, who give up that time studying have a lot more free time. Well, right, but that's... And that's the th their choice. Yeah, but that's the thing, is that also how intelligent you are, in my opinion, is, I mean, talent's a factor, sure. There, you know, there might be some ner some uh, uh, nature factors involved, some. But that's also just a matter of time. How much time do you put into this stuff, you know, uh, to be that intelligent? Because, look, not every, you know, like in your field, not every engineer is a natural, like, like picks up on stuff really, really quickly. No, some that's people, true. Yeah, and some people have to just study a lot more. But they still get to the same end game. They still get to the same end goal. They still become the same great engineer. It just takes them longer. So that's the thing. A lot of this really just comes down to time. What? How much time do you have to invest into this? Whether it's intelligence or having sex. Yeah, and, and, and like you said, there is a lot of different types of intelligences. You yep. know, like... I, I never got the best grades in college. Sure. And I had friends who did. They mm. got every question right. And it was incredible how perfectly they just, like, knew the mm -hmm. the systems and the equations and, mm -hmm. and how to put together these, uh, like, energy and mass balances. And I struggled with that the entire time. Right. It was always a challenge. And yet, I can still pick up on certain things that they cannot. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I, I just catch on to certain things very quickly mm -hmm. not necessarily uh educational material but you know hints and cues and other things like that um so like you said there there's just not one way of measuring intelligence so yeah. that is something that we can call into question in this study however i would say if if we're just painting with broad brush strokes here mm -hmm. um what they're saying is probably true that you know people who have Whatever degree of intelligence, um, they're more cautious in general. Right. Not always true. I mean, you weren't cautious with your selection of sexual partners, but yeah, most people are. Yeah. That are, that are more intelligent. Yeah. Well, so I'm going to bring up another point as well because, you know, and based upon the the idea that like anybody can be can fit into this intelligent mold if if that intelligence is just how much do you know. You know, because, again, given enough time, I think just about anybody can know a lot, right? It just takes some people longer than others. Uh, All right, but I'm not saying that your intelligence is only based on what you memorize. No, no, like, I know. I think you are brilliant in other ways, too. Like, you can pick up on philosophical arguments and, and break things down to the, you know, their primary elements in a way that I think most people cannot. You know, you see things that are there that might be hidden to others. So there's there's a lot to it. It's not just sure. that you memorized a lot. Yeah, no, and I appreciate that, and thank you. You're smart. Yeah, I, I thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm saying for, for for other people, okay. So as well, like, okay, if if it's just like you, wow, you know a lot of stuff, and usually, colloquially or conventionally, you know, when when somebody's if you do know a lot of things people will usually say oh you're smart right you're intelligent because you know a lot of things that's generally it's yeah. not most people don't think of it in the uh isaac newton sense right where why was you know isaac newton was genuinely brilliant why because he didn't have a lot of information but he figured a lot out yeah he like spent 
you know, Summers in his bedroom writing entire books. Like, yeah. that's how he wrote... What was that book on optics? He wrote oh. that in a summer, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... So that's a different that's a different kind of like intelligence, and I would argue that's more like perhaps a more true version of it by you know a dictionary definition. Anyway, regardless, most for most people, and I'm sure including psychology today, especially if it comes down to tests, it comes down to what do you know, yeah. you know, not what can you figure out necessarily, but what do you know, all right? And um, I think where was I going to go with that? <laughs> uh, I kind of lost it. So, uh, were you trying to get to the point of, like, knowing a lot doesn't necessarily mean you have the intelligence to put together the facts? No, no, it wasn't that. It was going to be in relation to, to sex. Um, but it's, ah, it left me. So, there goes, yeah, here I am boasting about my memory, and then that, that's gone. <laughs> So well, you got to think with your other head sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Maybe that this is the direction that I was that I was going to going to go. Um, yes, this is it. Okay. So, a lot of people that study hard, which is what leads to for most people knowing a lot. Okay, or knowing things, seeming intelligent, passing tests, all of this. That often comes from certain cultural conditioning. Okay. Yeah. For example, like, why are so many Indian people doctors and programmers and engineers and whatever else? Okay. Uh, why are so many Jews Nobel Prize winners? You know, why, you know, this, this and that. Chinese they, are always com commended on their intelligence. Totally. But they live in a competitive society. Like, highly, highly competitive. Okay. That's my point. Is that these people are being raised in cultures that value that le that kind of intelligence okay that value it and not just value it force it upon you yes you know, do it is do or die okay and sometimes even literally and so that you know having having to to meet that expectation of intelligence ke keeps you from really going out and partying or from going out and getting the gals. And and also, a lot of these have religious aspects to them, which are, frankly, very sexually repressed. Yeah, religion kills sex drive. Right. Okay, like you're taught, no, sex is bad, or sex is just for this, or whatever. You should be ashamed of it. Right. Like... It's so it's so horrendous when I think about what religion does to humans as far as sex goes. Right. Because, like, growing up in a religious family, like, Baptist, mm -hmm. um, so very Christian, very American, mm -hmm. uh, just, like, you can't even talk about sex or body parts. Right. Like, it's embarrassing to do so. Right. Um, you don't get taught about the birds and the bees, right? Unless you go to public school, which, yeah. like, thank God I did at that time of my life because mm -hmm. I never would have figured it out otherwise. Yeah. Um, and like I was growing up in a time where like the internet was very young, mm -hmm. and like maybe porn was out there, but I, you know, didn't really have access to it because I didn't have the privacy to view it. Um, so it was, you know, just a. 
a godsend for me that there, <laughs> there, there was sex education in school. Um, yeah. And that's the thing is like, I didn't find out about that until it all got dropped on me at once when right. I was like 13 years old. Right. And I was like, oh, <laughs> what is this? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's still like, it took me a very long time to get over that shame, which was ingrained in me. Even just for like a few years, a few short years of being religious. Right. Um, so can you imagine if somebody's like Catholic and they grew up Catholic their entire lives? Yeah, no, they, right. They just like, they're taught they cannot have sex until marriage. Yeah, yeah. Or, or other, you know, other uh, uh, religions in other cultures, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and with any of these like particular groups, say, that, that score so well on these supposed IQ tests. Yeah. Um, so... So I, I think that, you know, to say, like, why is this the case? Why does it seem that, you know, smart, intelligent people um, don't have as many sexual partners and don't have as much sex? It's like, well, often what made them this appeared to be intelligent person is, you know, a culture that at the same time, again, represses sexuality. Okay. So, so I, I think that's one of the biggest factors of why this is true. It's not so much that like intelligent people aren't willing to, and I, I don't even like to use the word risky. That's a value judgment. Okay. I mean, it, it can be true. Like if you don't know if a person has AIDS or not, you know, that's risky. Um, but <laughs> yeah, well, you can always ask the person, but you have to have a certain confidence level to do that. Yeah. Hey, have yeah. you had an STD test lately? <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, like, you know, me, so the amount of sex I, you know, that, or the amount of sexual partners, I should say, that I had back in the day. Again, there was a natural filter for that because it was just a different time for one, you know, and uh, honestly, ironically, it's this very thing that we're talking about where these were all very smart people, right? Because science fiction fans are all nerds and everything. And this nerds. is... Nerds. This, <laughs> what if he was just a nerd? Uh, anyway, uh, but then... but. So, but they didn't have a bunch of sexual partners, just like this is laying out. But then they finally got out of the house or they got older or whatever. And they're like, oh, fuck no, I'm done with Christianity or I'm done with Judaism or I'm done with this and I'm going to let my freak flag fly. And finally they found a place where they felt like they could really connect with people that they couldn't connect with in high school or, or, or a church or whatever. Regular okay. life. Yeah. And so they just let loose. And so what I say, when I say that there was a natural filter there, it's because yes, we were a bunch of people who were not having a ton of sex, you know, mm -hmm. growing up yep. for, you know, both, both socially, culturally, religiously, for all of those reasons that wasn't happening. It was a special circumstance. Yeah. It was, it was a different time today. Oh, that's not true anymore. Like that, like no way. Like if what I go to a science fiction convention with the confidence that the people there haven't had a lot of sex, fuck no, no way. Because like science fiction fans aren't inherently nerds anymore. Everybody's a goddamn science fiction fan now. And it's annoying to be quite frankly, uh, or to be quite frank. And and so that, that filter doesn't exist, and there's whole other slews of problems with 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 all of this. Um, but like this is also, I think, and and maybe this is worth bringing up as well that this article is from like 2016, and which like uh, it was a few years ago, but it's yeah. not that long ago. It's not that long ago, but seven I, years, right. seven years ago. Yeah, but I, I get the sense this is these numbers might be very different today. That in what way? Because I feel like everybody's fucking now. 
Like, like, I, well, it's not true because we know people <laughs> who, who are virgins or did close enough to being virgins. Um, they're not, they're not fucking, um, no, I think the dating scene has changed to yeah. where um, dating is slightly different than it used to be because mm-hmm. of the internet age mm-hmm. and internet interconnectivity has allowed for a lot more, um, or should I say a lot less connection and a lot less commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, like ghosting is a very popular thing that happens with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's, there's a lot more of this like use dating apps and and you can meet up with someone and like have a one night stand or have a lot of sex with no commitment um but i I don't think that like people are necessarily having more sex or less sex than in general like during the during the pandemic Mm -hmm. these numbers probably went way down oh they plummeted yeah Yeah. sure but now like i imagine they're back to normal I, I don't know the statistics on that. Yeah. That would be an interesting thing to look into. Yeah, I mean, I think the other part of it, too, is is now you have entire... Um, uh, what's the term I want to use? I, I'm going to say demographics, and I say that with respect, okay, uh, who are now sexually accepted. Trans people, homosexuality is far more accepted today. Yeah. Far more. Homosexuality, bisexuality, yeah. all sorts of yes. weirdo sexualities. Re- yeah, yeah, and, and again, weirdo, we're weirdos. Like, like weirdo yeah, isn't yeah. isn't derogatory. Oh, and I would never say that in a negative way. Like, yeah. I am a bisexual person. Yeah, right, exactly. So, yeah, I just just wanted to make sure it was clear. Um, but that's the thing is that I, I think there's just so much more to be had now. You know. Like, there is. There's a lot more variety. <laughs> yeah, <out> there. yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of juiciness out in the world. Yeah, and it's not. It's not. You know, behind closed doors, you don't have to like. You don't have to know any secret handshakes to find it. You don't have to like. Well, shit. I can only go to the Blue Oyster Bar for that. You know, and that's not. It's not true anymore. You know, and and so. Um, yeah, I just I I I'm gonna guess that this is this is very different today. That, that you know. I just kind of feel like everybody's fucking, you know, just like. Same thing with like drugs. Like I feel like people who don't do marijuana now are so wild, so odd. Like you are such a strange fucking person. What are you doing on this planet? You know? That that's just my opinion because so many of these things have become normalized. You know? Yeah, maybe. I think that you might also be experiencing a warped perception of reality because of the internet era. Like Oh maybe. Yeah. You know, the these these hot topic issues mm-hmm. excuse me <coughs> so these uh, you know the the strange and the weird and the things that were previously repressed mm-hmm. um they are getting that worldwide audience that stage online you know instagram facebook whatever yeah take your pick twitter x i mean <laughs> yeah whatever it is yeah um because you know they've had to speak out and speak up for themselves and and clear the way in order to be accepted yeah and they're getting disproportionately you know covered online um so there's a lot more presence online i think than and that's that's making their the perception of how much they're being accepted as as being more than it is yeah yeah i mean yeah it's such a great point 
and you're actually bringing in another thing for me, another element for me. And this this was a really, like, this this is a moment crystallized in my mind from the past few years that honestly really pissed me off. Um, so you know, I'm in, I'm in the PR industry. Yep. Okay. I talk to a lot of journalists by trade. Okay. I've worked with companies, major companies that deal in, we'll say, the sex industry, whether it be lubes, condoms, you know, these kinds of things. Okay. Um, I also deal with medical professionals who are sex professionals, you know, uh, like they're the real deal. As in they write about sexual health? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're sexologists, right? You know, and, <laughs> and, and all this and huge names. People who have been on like major TV shows and all this shit. Okay. Yeah. Um, so. But you can't name any of them. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to name any of them. Yeah. Um, but, but, but trust me, they're, they're big. So. I have to talk to journalists sometimes. Journalists who write about sex, you know, say like uh, out media outlets like Giddy and some of these other ones, you know, that, that deal with a lot of BuzzFeed, whoever. Okay. Um, I had an experience a while back on Twitter slash X on Twitter years ago. It was Twitter at the time. And this, this writer was, you know, just fielding on Twitter, you know, like, okay, how many times, how, how often do you have sex? And I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I'll, I'll toss my hat in the ring here. You know, this is somebody I know and have worked with, you know, worked with for years or whatever. And and there were a couple other experiences like this as well, but this was the big one. And like, and I said how much? What did you say? Oh, I said, it, I said at least once a day, pretty much, if not multiple <laughs> times a day. <laughs> well, and it was maybe, true. Maybe at the time it was no, true. No, it was true. Yeah, it was totally true. And crickets crickets but like everybody else who listed off all kinds of oh yeah maybe you know once a month or, or this or that like they were all given legitimacy and recognition by by this journalist and the journalist knows i'm a real person you know and i'm not bsing them but that's but that's kind of the funny thing is that i think in the and i hope that's what it was is that she just didn't believe it like no nobody does that you know, and she just thought that I was like BS, like kind of joshing her or something, you know? Well, well so the, the thing is, there's this popular belief in psychology circles that mm. men always exaggerate how much they have sex and women mm. kind of underestimate. Mm. Uh, and, and like, I think that's so like there were weeks where, yes, that was true. And sometimes that's still true. But I wouldn't say that's every week. Yeah, but but here, okay, but here's the thing, is that, and, and this is a big problem, okay, and this is kind of, this is veering a little bit away from the Psychology Today art, article, okay, what this journalist was looking for was fucked up sex lives. Like, she she was not looking to hear that there are people out there with great sex lives. Really? Because I feel like she could have read into that and said, like, oh, you're a sex addict. <laughs> <laughs> there's something unhealthy about yeah, that yeah so if she was looking for something fucked up i mean yeah she could have dug into that yeah, but if you maybe. were the only if you were the only one i see why she didn't touch it yeah but there but there are other again th there are other scenarios like this and mm -hmm. and ultimately the conclusion i came to is that like okay there's a couple conclusions that i came to but you know these journalists do not want to report about healthy sex okay no they want to talk about the people that are like 
not having sex enough? Yeah, whatever fucked up shit. Okay. Okay. The other thing is, is that my what I what I have walked away from working years in sex journalism, including scientific studies in relation to that, because usually these outlets have to quote those. Okay, uh, is that most people like is is what I mentioned earlier that everybody's fucking, but most people have a horrendous, incredibly unhealthy sex life, and it's not just unhealthy because it's only because you know there's no wrong right or wrong really no right or, right or wrong amount of sex it's just is it what you want yeah it, okay. it all comes down to personal preference yes right and that's what consensual you know consensuality is all about or being consensual is all about um but regardless okay i sex has exploded but <laughs> it, it, it's sorry yeah i'm a child <laughs> no i know no no this is very punny yeah yeah <laughs> It's coming everywhere. Anyway, sex has exploded, okay? But because sex is so misunderstood in modern civilization, partly due to the sexual repression that was going on, as well as the failures and cults that came out of the sexual revolution of the 60s, okay? And they were failures. Yes, yeah. Uh, and it's not just, I, I also blame drugs. I'm, I'm going to, you know, like certain yep, drugs. Yep, I'm going to blame yep. drugs about this, okay? And I'm not saying all drugs are bad. I'm not even saying psychedelics are bad. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm saying that the relationship people have with them is but not... It was unhealthy. It, it, it's not studied enough. It's not a proper narrative. It's not healthy. It's, you know, okay. All right? In and of themselves, then I'm not saying they are bad. There are people who do it in healthy ways and in, in healthy environments, and that's wonderful. And there's new research going on with it, and great. I'm here for you. Okay, awesome. I love you. So, but for most people, because there are not proper narratives, because there are not, because our cultures do not respect sex, the sexual act, and it really doesn't. Um, no, it doesn't. Right. And that's something I have a huge problem with too. Is that is with like casual sex and people not giving sex the the respect that it deserves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and 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 I'll gladly blame Hollywood for a lot of this as well. Okay. Oh fuck uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so basically, like everybody's having fucked up sex, or mo most people are. That's an interesting statement. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it not healthy. Up. It's not healthy. But they know they want to have sex for very good reasons because we are sexual creatures. Yeah, of course. We Everybody are 100% biologically sex. sexual creatures. Yes. yes. Yeah, okay. Like yeah. that's not. And it's a wonderful, beautiful thing. Yes. And and are there, you know, are there differences? Are there like some humans that are, you know, asexual? Look, rock and roll, okay? I'm not, 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 when I say 100%, I'm sorry, I don't mean to, to like, to denigrate you in any way. I'm not, I'm not denigrating you. You are what you are. And, rock and roll okay but there's n absolutely nothing wrong with having that desire no right 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 but my my, my you know my point when i say 100 percent, like we have sexual organs for a reason okay all right now <laughs> yeah and and our clitoris is exposed for a reason yeah. and yeah. and the yeah. male penis is proportionally right. bigger in humans than in most right. other animals for a reason right and you could totally be asexual but like your biology it has sexual organs so you're a sexual species 
Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so. and there's a lot of research on this separate topic, but yeah. like humans specifically are designed for sex in a way that most other animals are not. Like we are Correct. designed to ha- get the utmost amount of pleasure out of yes, it. Yes, right, because sex for us, for humanity, co-evolved. Okay, it's procreation and social. Very social. Yeah, okay. So, um, so you know, for people to, even though they're having fucked up sex, to still want it, well, of course you do. It's your goddamn programming, okay? Like that, and that's okay. You know, that's good. Um, I'm not saying that the fucked up sex is good. I'm just saying it's okay that you're a sexual creature and you want to have sex and whatever. Okay. Um, so, so this is... Now, flip side all of this, if you are an intelligent person and you look around, you know, and you say to yourself, oh, everybody's a fucking idiot. <laughs> and you're not wrong. Well, you say that sometimes. Yeah, I say it often. And, and again, I'm, I'm not even saying these, these intelligent people out there are wrong. And I sympathize okay. with you. Yeah, sure. Uh, and, and, you, and you look around and you go, and all these idiots are fucking you know, <laughs> and and they're partying and they're doing whatever and all this, and so you have like you create even outside of any cultural or or any religious uh, uh, or any kind of a nurture upbringing of repression of sex, and you see that, and you go, well, I'm not gonna you like I'm surrounded by idiots, I'm not gonna fuck idiots, you know, and it, like I understand where you're coming from in that, and so then kind of. I guess kind of bringing this full circle, are we back to where intelligent people aren't having sex and have very few sexual partners? Now, ironically, also that might be true, just because they're seeing... They're having a difficult time finding a partner that they would respect yes. as an equal. Yeah, yeah, that, that, would, that would have sex in the, dare I say, sacred fashion, or, or that, that treat it with the respect that it deserves. Um, and they're having a hard time with that. Yeah, that's that. That's also probably starting to happen again. You know. Um, yeah, certainly. I I have a friend. You mentioned him earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk with him often about this, and it's so wonderful that he trusts me this much to mm-hmm. tell me all these details about his life. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, he he is having a hard time. Like he's, I I I don't want to say he's a virgin because he did like try to have sex once and it just didn't work out very well. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he wants to find a partner that he can not only have sex with, but somebody that he would genuinely love. Yeah. And he's having such a hard time with that. Like, he wants to find real love. He doesn't want to just casually date. Right. You know? And and it's difficult because he is a highly intelligent person. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Highly, highly intelligent. And I have the utmost respect for him. He's just, unfortunately, like, not that physically attractive. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, so, it it's just, I, I feel like it's more of that... Um, lining up with the story that we're reading, you know, like, yes, he he wants to have that beautiful, sacred, um, mm-hmm. you know, very well connected, healthy mm-hmm. relationship, but there's not a lot of people out there who are ready for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It... Boy, you know, <laughs> like, there's so much I want to say you know, on, on, on this, because it's so, in my opinion, this doesn't have to be true for everybody, but I, the universe operates in certain ways and 
you know, there, there, there's ways you can flow with that, and there's ways that you can't. Um, that all sounds very weird to me to say, but the point I'm getting at, uh, I think sex is an important part of the operation of the universe itself, okay? And... Can you just pause on that? And, yeah, I'll pause on that. kind of describe more what you mean Whew. by the operation of the universe? Oh, like, boy. You don't have to go too deep, because I yeah. know this is a huge subject. It is. Just, you know, give it a couple sentences, maybe. Yeah, okay. Sex is a sacred act. Sex... Impress... I mean, the simplest two words I can put out there is sex magic, okay? Um, yep. Sex okay. influences forces within universe itself, Okay. And, the, in fact, the very reason, this may be the important thing for me to mention, the very reason, why, why do all these religions repress sex? And that's because the very ancient priesthoods that most of these religions are based on knew that, knew the power of sex, which is why they engaged in sexual acts in their temples and wherever else. And this is just a true for Christianity, take your Abrahamic religions, take your pick, Okay. Um, they they were they taught repression of sex because they wanted all of the power that that sex magic sexual acts allowed for them to have. Okay, so sexual repression is completely about repressing your own personal power and really shoring it up with a very elite group of people. Um. Now, the important thing to understand is that, again, when you have sex, like that does cause changes in the in universe, okay, in the universe. If you are having unhealthy sex, like if you are having sex that doesn't come with that sacredness, that doesn't come with that understanding of the power of sex, uh, you're not going to get very far in your relationships and your love life and all these other things because you're just putting out there more of what more fucked up you know uh more yeah you're attracting more unhealthy and yeah. negative experiences to yourself yeah negativity you're 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 ultimately like like you know garnering in more negativity for yourself and putting more more negativity out in the universe you know and in fact i mean I'd almost be and, and whatever people want to call this crazy. That's fine. Um, they can they can email me q22 at nwo.red and I'll gladly do a whole episode. I mean I've already done this in Q and A's a million times over, and all the patrons nobody's leaving. They're all listening. They're like, whoa, you know what's this sex magic? What's all this? What's this Kabbalah? What's this all about? And you know I'm laying it out right for them. Okay, um, and I'm happy to do that publicly too. But yeah. yeah I mean, I'd almost blame, like, if the world is really fucked up right now, it comes down to a, a large, a, a, I mean, there's, there's plenty of reasons why, but one of the reasons that it's not really fixing, or it's not getting fixed, and it's not really getting solved and not getting better, is because the quality, not the quantity even, the quality of sex is preposterous today. It's terrible. Yeah, people are not demanding better for themselves. Yes. They don't expect better of yes. themselves. And that yeah. is what's leading to such poor quality relationships. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
so I know, I know that that that's it's kind of a side subject, but that's basically what I am seeing is that you know if if into, even let's say this is still true from psychology today, it's really just comes down to that most people are completely fucked up, and the people that have anything any shred of what appears to be intelligence are like, well, I'm not, I'm not getting involved in all that crap, you know? Yeah, and, don't dip your toe in that pool. Yeah, and good for them, you know, I, I guess. I mean, I'm it's just sad. I'm not going to those ramparts. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> not going to pass through that jade gate. Yeah, yeah, and, and I know all of this sounds like <laughs> that jade gate. There, <laughs> there's the Asian saga for you. Um yeah, you know, and I know all this comes off as like really judgmental, but it's just it's just how I feel about it. And I think you have to be judgmental. You have to exercise yeah. judgment in order to make prudent choices. Yeah. And that is what allows you to achieve higher and higher levels of success, yeah. not only in life, but with your relationships. Yeah. With your your sexual health, with yeah. your personal health, with your relationship health. Yeah. You have to have judgment you have to exercise it you have to make good choices yeah. sometimes difficult choices um but i'm i'm just saying i agree i think judgment is an important aspect of of sexual decision making yeah yeah i mean and and and, and a big part of it is i think we we live we live in a civilization now that is completely that where you know there's always like quantity versus quality right now there's never just always two options you know that like those kind of binary dichotomies are usually bullshit. Yeah, but, I get quantity and quality. Right, you can have you can have it all. Folks. I can uh, have yeah. it all. <laughs> but but and anyway, as <laughs> <laughs> <is> why. <laughs> um, but this is but but to to play within the dichotomy, we live in a civilization that has become over overwhelmingly quantity over quality. Like everything yeah. is quantity from entertainment to whatever. It's all quantity. Like you're just, you're, you're inundated, uh, you, you know, with, with, with the amount of choices that you have. Um, and it's I, hard to make choices when you have that many. Yes. Yeah. That's the paradox of choice. Uh, totally. You know, where you, the, ironically, the more choices you have, the less your ability to make choices. Uh, you and know, the is, less is satisfied you are with the choices that you make. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so, so you know, we're, we're, we've run into that as well. Um, and But a lot of people, you know, and then not sexually, but like, you know, when it comes to entertainment, some other things, like even I'm often can struggle with this a bit of... You know, it's like, no, I have to take it all in. You know what I mean? And and, and that's just yeah, not possible. You have struggled with that. Right. Yeah. So. And it's hard to say no to that. It's, yeah. It's hard to back away from that because you feel like you're losing out. Yeah. When in actuality, you're just applying a more stringent filter. Right. Right. And so, you know, this, um, this quantity problem, like for there to be quantity, kind of inherently, kind of inherently, these things have to be of lesser quality, you know, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, you can't have, like, the greatest minds thinking out the most brilliant storylines, like, it, it, you know, putting out movies every single year. Yeah. Th that just doesn't make sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... Or, like, you always bring up with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like, this is something that's been happening with Star Wars lately. Oh, there's too much. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's and, not as good as it used to be. Yeah, and it's always it has to be lesser quality because especially when like everything is canon, you know, 
like you can't make definitive statements and have a hundred books a year, you know, or there's not that many, but however stories come out because then everybody has to keep track of those. And so like, no, everything has to be more meaningless. So that way we don't paint ourselves in the corner and we can keep selling more stories and more stories. And you know, this is the nature of capitalism. I mean, I've said this all the time. Capitalism isn't about creating the best. Capitalism is only about making what's next. It doesn't care about the best. It only cares about next. Okay. That's a big problem. So we're kind of, kind of going all over here, but the real solution here. Okay. And if this means intelligent people have less sexual partners, fine. It doesn't have to be that way, but if that's what it means, okay. But people just need to have fucking higher standards, you know? And Yeah, I agree. And and it and it's sad because also we now live in a civilization where like look, yeah, I accept everybody for whatever they want to be and that's fine and I don't care. Yeah, no, okay? I think everybody's rad in whatever way they want to be. Yeah, right, right. Um at the same time, like there are There are some objective metrics, perhaps not of intelligence, but there are objective metrics of health. There are objective metrics of, dare I say, sanity. There are objective metrics of, you know, and when I say health, I mean mental and physical health and all these things. Um, And we now live in a civilization where also we're told, no, like there are no objective metrics of health, um, which is insane. Like... Does yeah. does obesity increase your chance for a heart attack? Yes or no? The answer is yes. Okay, <laughs> like there, there, and it's not, it's not a, it's not a fucking debate. You know, <laughs> like this, it, it, it's, it's yes. Also, and I'll be fair. Also, massive muscularity, steroid-induced muscularity, also increases your chances for. Uh, for 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 you know a heart attack for cardiac arrest yeah, for yeah. for health or for heart problems. Okay, being so, an idiot and swallowing like four dry tablespoons of pre-workout yeah. increases your chances yeah, right, of heart attack. Right. You know. Okay. Yeah. So so this is this is the thing. But but we're told no 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 you're fine, you're fine, be yourself. You're fine. You're this and it's like no. You know. No, you're not. You know. Everybody is fine being whatever they want to be. There's nothing wrong with yeah, that. But yeah. Scientifically, objectively, does that make you the optimal being that you can possibly be? Right. No. Right. And and the science today is, you know, going in a direction where people are trying to refute the age-old wisdom of, like, you know, this is what healthy is. Mm-hmm. And it's just to make people feel more accepted. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. I want everyone to feel accepted. Yeah, You totally. know, I want everyone to feel a sense of belonging. But that does not mean that I am going to love everyone in the same way, you know? Yeah. Like, not everyone's on the same level. Not yeah. everyone's on the same playing field. Yeah. And and there's certain metrics that I think people should have higher standards on. Like, like um, you know, not, not necessarily confidence, maybe self-esteem. I mm-hmm. think self-esteem is an, an important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, are you being the best that you personally can be? Mm-hmm. And if that answer is a yes, then that's incredible. And I think that's more important than in straight intelligence. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. No, incredibly wise, as you always are. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess to, to kind of like bring this all together. Okay. So, for example, you know, this article is saying uh, more, you know, more intelligent you are, less sex you're having. Okay. And less sexual partners. That is not true for you and I. 
Okay. No. So my argument would be now sex is for me is inextricably linked with my level of happiness. Okay. It's a part of it. Um, and sex doesn't even have to be PIV folks. Like, let me make that clear. Cause <laughs> we should have defined that as well. What is sex? You know, like yeah. if you're masturbating all the time, are you happy? I, you know, I don't know, but that, that depends. Well, also. That's, that's different. A, that's a value thing as well. Yeah. Anyway. So what, what leads to, um, us bucking this trend what leads or at least for me like why do i have a high level why do i have a level of happiness and sexual satisfaction why why is this not true for me and if you were to ask me that question you know stallion what's your secret here's my secret it's not because of how i look it's not because of my intelligence it is because of my ridiculously high standards my ridiculously high standards that I hold not just to the person that I want to have sex with, but that I hold to myself. Okay, and you can't, it can't, it can't go, it can't be one way or the other. All right, you either have high standards for yourself, you know, like Ayn Rand was preposterous. Okay, but let me <laughs> let me tell you something where she was dead on the money when she writes, you know, Francisco in Atlas Shrug saying it's like. You know, you show me who the person's sleeping with, and I'll tell you everything about that person. Yeah, 100%. Like, like that. On the mark. <laughs> yes. Like, that is that is the singular genius thing, perhaps, that she that she laid out. And it's so true. Okay? And that speaks to that self-esteem that you brought up, Ellen. You know, do you, do you want to have a lot of sex in your life? Okay. A, you got to hold that pe- the people you're going to have sex with up to, in my opinion, up to high standards. But those high standards have to be reflected in yourself. Otherwise, what yes. is the person? The person is good that you want to fuck is going to look at you and say, "What the hell? Like, why would I sleep with you?" You know, because she's going to she or he or Z or whatever is going to see reflected in you that lack of confidence. Confidence is very sexy, right? That's the classic Jack Balance line. Okay, uh, you know, sex is ultimately a matter. It's not a transaction, but it is a matter of personal value you know how do, how do you value yourself and other people and the more you want comes down to you know how you value yourself again it comes down to those high standards that that's all i mean i feel like i'm kind of speaking in circles yeah. here but i just want to get to that is that the high standard what makes me happy in life what has led me to this level of happiness it's not the amount of money it's not the looks it's not the brains it's not the muscles it's not any of that stuff it is it comes down to in the abstract it comes down to the just insanely high standards that i hold myself to and that i will only accept those who also hold them hold themselves to the high those high standards is it hard to find people like that you bet. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a miracle that you and I found each other. Well, okay, yes, it was. So but here's the thing, is that when you do hold yourself up to those high standards, while yes, it's hard to find other people who hold themselves up to those high standards, however, when you do see each other, I mean, you're like red, red alert, you're klaxons, <laughs> you're, 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 you're like nukes going off next to each other. Like, you can't, you can't miss it. Yep. You're blinding each other, you know, like from across the room. You know, it, it's it's two disco balls. Magnetically you know. attracted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't miss it because, holy shit, look at that person, you know, and, and you instantly know, wow, they hold themselves up to a high fucking standard, okay? And, and, I mean, and that's part of the beauty of holding yourself up to high standards as well as you can see all the bullshit around you. 
and it sucks and it's depressing for sure and depression can certainly kill your sex life as well and that's terrible but believe me the other people are out there they're somewhere and you just you can't give up yeah you can't give up you can't give up and you gotta you gotta keep holding on those high standards otherwise you're just never gonna fucking have it you'll and, never have it and like i keep telling people if you just put yourself out there online like that so online presence is what allowed mm-hmm. us to find each other yes and i think there there is less of a reason now to not find someone that you can love mm-hmm. because of the internet Mm-hmm. Which uh, which breaks local barriers. I mean, mm-hmm. eventually, yes, you want to be person to person next to each other in the yeah. real world. Yeah. But in order to initially meet somebody, yeah. like the internet, that's what it's ideal for. Because it can connect you across hundreds, thousands of miles. Yeah, yeah. And, and including it, it can like really, you can connect over a lot of niche things. Yes. Multiple niche things, which mm-hmm. is important. So, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, once, once we found each other, I mean, it was, it was all over. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Looking across the room. Holy shit. Yeah. It's yep. Totally. Yeah. That, that's, that's really the secret, you know, is, as far, again, it, it doesn't come down to the intellect. It doesn't come down to any of that stuff. It, it really is just those, those ridiculously high standards and they're okay to have. You yeah. know, it's okay to judge. It's okay to discern. It's okay to want that. Um, and it's okay, you know, I, the classic Rocky line, if you know what you're worth, go out and get what you're worth. Yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, and you I feel, know. I feel kind of preposterous saying this, but, like, if you believe that you are a treasure, you know, only give to your, yourself to the person who you find worthy of that treasure. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you find that person that is worthy, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's okay to just give all of it. Yeah. 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 I mean, and the other part of that too is, is that you, I think, you know, when you do hold yourself to the high standards and you live it, uh, you inspire other people. You might, and you don't want to do this intentionally, but unintentionally, you might create more of the people around you that you're wanting to, 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 you know, to be with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, don't, don't try to control people or anything like that, but just fucking live and just, just be, be inspirational. Yeah. Be inspirational. You know, I was going to sound corny and say, just go out there and be that badass, you know, but (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I, I hate it. You know, I hate it when people say that uh, because usually they're just trying to sell you a book. Um, but no, I'm, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. And yeah. So I, I don't know. Where, where do we land on this ultimately? Well, we, I we... think I think the reason that you and I are so passionate about each other is because we do see those reflected values. Oh, totally. And that's why we're able to like so passionately, you know, have sex multiple times a week. More, oh yeah, more so than the average American does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, completely. Because I mean, and, and again, it's. I'm going to say something that's kind of shocking, but then I think it's important to say it. Um, like I'm obsessed with you. I'm and com- I love it. Okay, yeah, I'm completely obsessed <laughs> with you. But you know what else? I'm also completely obsessed with myself, meaning I love myself. Mm-hmm. Like I radically love myself. And, and that's wonderful. Right. And and that's part of that high standards, okay? Um and that but that's really important. It is. And if you don't love yourself, well there's 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 step one. There there's your first problem. That's building like, the foundation. Yeah, of it's like wait, well yeah, why aren't why aren't I having great sex? Why aren't I doing this? Well, Start with the man in the yeah, mirror. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't love yourself. You know? And yeah, but, I mean, but we're not supposed to say that. 
we're not supposed to say that we're like self-interested or that we're you know in all these things well, but no i think that's key talk so much about self-care lately mm-hmm. take care of yourself mm-hmm. and and i think that's you know that's helpful but it's not getting to the core of what is really important which yeah. is exactly what you said self-love yeah like you don't just take care of yourself like a pet you know like oh i'm tired so i should give myself a rest because i yeah. deserve it you know like like my dog did a trick so i'm going to give it a treat now it's like no take care of yourself because you love yourself mm-hmm. and you want mm-hmm. the best for yourself and you mm-hmm. want to shower yourself with all of the finest things in life yeah and once you achieve that level of self-love not necessarily narcissism but no yeah but you know a true appreciation of like i am a wonderful being an individual that deserves to be happy yeah um and and you truly like make efforts to achieve that for yourself yeah um i i think that is the foundation of love of other people you know but yes that's also like you know the foundation to all healthy things in life yeah well, i mean how can you love another person if you don't know how to love yourself you don't even know how to love you know like yeah. oh god so one time i was talking to this man who was um polyamorous and okay i think he was like trying to get me to come into his his poly circle <laughs> his circle his yeah. polycule yeah 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 so like we're hanging out at his house and uh, and we're talking and um and i was like well it sounds like you don't love yourself and he said well i don't need to love myself i have other people to do that for me and I Oof. was just so put off by Oof. that. I was like, Whoa, oh, time for me to go. I, <laughs> I am not going to stick around Ooh, for this train wreck. Oh, yeah. dear. Yeah, okay. that was just oh, so sad. Yeah. But also kind of gross at the same time. Like, yeah. I, no, I'm not going to love you if you think that you're a piece of shit. Like, mm-hmm. if you think that about yourself, what am I missing? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's something lurking in there that is just very messed up. Yeah. And it yeah, it's it's worrisome when people say things like that. Like what happened to you that you cannot love yourself? Yeah. Uh yeah. and and I also wonder about those other people like not that I ever question that people deserve love because they do. Yes. But like sexual love is a totally different thing. Mhm. Like what what is it that people are seeing in you that they want to have sex with you? Mhm. Like, it's it's just very worrisome to me when, when I hear people say things like that. Yeah. Like you absolutely have to love yourself for other people to love you. Yeah. In that way, I should yeah. say. Yeah. No, completely. I, I, I totally agree. Otherwise, it's not going to be healthy. It's not going to be lasting. It's not going to be what you need to be happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So... Well, I guess ultimately, what what do we think here? Do we do we do we think this is true that uh, that intelligent people have less partners and and less frequency of sex? Yeah. I would say ultimately, probably yes. It's still true. Yeah. Um, just if we're going based on IQ tests, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because there's still the fact that like intelligent people, if they're really thinking long term, they're wanting a long term healthy relationship. They're looking for something that is rare you Mm -hmm. know and it's hard to find and we've already discussed that we agree that that's a thing yeah um and and they're also like you know less impulsive yeah so i i think ultimately i agree 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's, again, a lot of problems, I think, within perhaps some conclusions. But it's probably, sadly, still true. And, and, what, and I say sadly because it, it really should be the exact opposite. It but, should be. Yeah, yeah, but we have a lot of cultural norms and narratives that have to get destroyed, have to get just taken or, you know, uh, uh, yeah, just taken out, you know, and removed. And, and an understanding, ultimately, an understanding of what sex is. Um, and it's a healing act. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a, an exchange of energy. Yeah, it's many things. You know, yeah, it's an exchange of energy. It's, you know, it's it's sacred. I mean, like, what's, you know, how can I, you know, I, and I've had people ask me this, how can you improve your sex life? And, you know, usually one of the first things I'll say to them is, well, just try pretending that it's a sacred act just once and see what happens. And I think that's worked for a lot of people. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Just, and, and they don't even have to tell the other person. They don't have to tell the partner. You know, but just like, yeah, just imagine you're engaging in a very sacred act, you know, and what does sacred mean? Well, it means a lot of different things to different people, but in general, they see it as like, no, this is something that's precious, something to, 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 to take time with, right. To, to be, to be in the moment with and so on. And, uh, usually people can grok that. And I think even just doing that can, can radically change a, yeah. a person's, yeah. uh, you know, the sexual act itself. So, um, yeah. Yeah, this needs to change. Um, and I, I hope it will. It does. Yeah, like you said initially, it's the kingdom upside down. Yes, it is. It is quite literally the kingdom upside down. Yeah. Well, we've so, been talking about this for, for a like very an, long time. For an hour. <laughs> uh, and we still have two more. Oh my holy hell, we've been going for two and a half hours. <laughs> Well, I guess we're not covering either of those other stories. No, we'll save those for the next episode. Okay. Because I know you'll be on again. Yes. They were wonderful stories, though, that Thank also you. had to do... Actually, would have been great. One of them had to do with uh, religion. I was so uh, excited to talk about that with you, but I guess we'll just have to record again. Yeah, we're going to save it, and we'll just do it next week. It'll yeah. just come out for okay. next week. Um, Did we still want to talk about that new album by Icarus I think we. Sh I think we should get it in. Yeah. Do you want to okay. do it? Let's okay. do it. Wow, it's... Oh my it's almost eight o'clock. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. So Icarus Witch. Let let me let me let me let me let me build this up a little bit. Icarus Witch. Um, this is a band. This is a. This isn't a band. There's nothing against Bandcamp. My music is on Bandcamp. Okay. But this is a band signed to a real goddamn metal or to a real record album or, or a record label, I should say, Cleopatra Records. Okay. Serious as a heart attack. This is the real deal. All right, we're not talking about somebody who just publishes on YouTube or something along those lines, even though I'm not delegitimizing any of that either. So Icarus, is, Icarus Witch has been around for a while. Uh, first album came out in 2005, and this is, we are talking about their latest album that just came out at the end of October 2023, that being No Devil Lived On, and this is their uh, uh, sixth album. So we're six albums deep inside of almost 20 years. Um, that's pretty good. Yeah. You know, uh, especially for someone, for, for a band and they're a metal band, they're a traditional metal band. Think, think Dio, you know, think, um, yeah, even like Judas Priest and all that. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, honestly, a lot of Dio and Judas Priest in there, in my opinion. Yep. Um, and there has been for a while. And I it, feel that. Yeah, yeah. Even their, like their most recent, like lead singer, I feel like he sings oftentimes it's a mix between like a Dio 
and I mean, no one really sounds like Dio, and no one really sounds like Rob Helford, but it's in that vein. It's in that. It's in that frequency, and I love it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very epic. Yeah, great singer, and um, so you know, they 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 play in that style, and they don't just play in that style, but how can I put this? They produce in that style, meaning today, rightly or wrongly, a lot of music has, and even big metal bands have gotten to the point where they're like, nah, I'll just put out an EP. You know, I'll just put out an extended play, four songs. Or, yeah, I'll just put out a single every year or every six months or something like that. Um, and they don't do, they don't even make albums anymore. You know, or they've fallen into, I mean, this is something a lot of people don't know, is just how much Spotify has changed the music industry. I don't mean because artists aren't making money. I mean, they have literally changed the way music gets made. Okay. Uh, first off, you know, Spotify, let's be clear on this very quickly. Spotify is not a success. Spotify has never turned a profit once, ever, any quarter. In all the years it's existed, it's never turned a profit. It is, by, by, de by dictionary definition, it is a failure of a business. Okay. But it's the way most people consume music. Um, because of this and the way that you make money off of it, you make money off of it by, you know, how often do they listen to a song? And also, you know, like when it comes to albums, say, you know, how many songs are there? How much have they listened to? It all comes down to how much have they listened to. So two things have very much changed in the music industry as late. One is songs have gotten a lot shorter. Like the average song now is probably two and a half minutes. It's where it used to be three and a half, four. Um, for metal, you mean, or for any for, for music? all music, metal. But even metal, this is true. And you could think of some of like the biggest, some of the bigger names, even in more, more, somewhat more modern metal. Even though I guess Godsmack would be classic rock now, probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But they're to the point where they only make two and a half minute songs. In fact, they don't even write their own music anymore. Which I, I mean, their mu the music that's coming out is great. It's because they're getting great music writers. But that's kind of a that annoys the fuck out of me. Um, okay, nothing against Sully Erna. I don't mean to rip on the guy. I like him. Um, but a lot of metal songs have gotten incredibly shorter. Why? Because that gives you... You can play it more. Play it again. Oh, that was a good hook. Play it again. Play it again. And that that racks up more money, right? Or, you know, why are so many uh, uh, artists coming out with these crazy long, like, super deluxe set box albums, whatever? And often that's because there's more songs to go through, to play through, and that's the more money that the artist gets. As to where it used to be, okay, an album... Actually, albums used to only be like eight or nine songs. Then they would get to like 18, 20 songs in the 90s. And part of that was, okay, no, you know, we're going to sell albums for ridiculous amounts of money. I mean, can you imagine spending $25 for one album? Oh, yeah. I used to. Right. Okay, we used to. But like today, you ask a kid that today, they'd be like, what the fuck? Like, no way. Yeah, right. I'm going to buy an album? What? You know, <laughs> like that that's anathema to them, okay? So so that's the thing. So albums have really taken kind of a backseat, or albums as we understand them. The beautiful thing about Icarus Witch is that they're not just traditional, like I said, in how they play, in their style of metal, but also in the production overall. Okay, so this is an album with 
I mean, we're just pulling it up right here. So nine tracks, just like I mentioned. And looks like the average length of a song is five, is about five minutes. I mean, there's a 10-minute opus at the end there. You got a, a six-minute kick-ass song, Last Night on Earth, um, which I recommend everybody go and listen to. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> I love this album. Honestly, I mean, it's shorter than I expected it to be, but it's so powerful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but like, play-wise, you know, it matches up with you know, a longer album, mm-hmm. right? Just on time. So, but that's what I love about it is that this is a genuine metal album. It's an album, you know, it's not a bunch of singles it, or, you know, it's not like, oh, one or two singles here and there. Um, it's a whole concept it, it, album. Yeah, yeah, and actually it is that. It is also a concept album. But this is metal getting made in every sense, in every way. This is metal getting made in the way that I grew up with how metal was made and how most people who grew up with heavy metal, how metal was made, not the modern shit. Fuck that. Okay. And I love it for it, that it's traditional in every way. So just, you know, putting that out there first. So Icarus, Witch, again, this is their sixth album. Um, I mean, I'll say this outright. I think the album's track for track, nine songs. Yeah. Every song is great. Every song is great. There's not no filler, no filler whatsoever. It Um, all, tells a story right which was a problem when albums got to like that 18 song level because there was a bunch of filler back in the day yeah you know, how do when, you even make 18 songs yeah, for an album right i mean unless you're alanis morissette forget it you know you like you have <laughs> right. to be a genius to be able to pull that off mm-hmm. or if you're prince you could do it maybe but um but yeah so no filler here folks every song is tight yeah there's some long ones but it's all there to tell a tremendous story great hooks I mean, Icarus Witch, in my opinion, has one of the best guitarists on the planet right now, that being Quinn Lucas. I mean, this is this is a guitarist guitarist. He teaches guitar to people for fuck's sake. That's how good you are. You know, that's like Randy Rhodes. You know, Randy Rhodes wanted to teach people how to play guitar. Uh, and, boy, I mean, the bl- <laughs> how blessed someone would be for that because he was such an amazing guitar player. But anyway, Quinn Lucas, phenomenal. I mean, you're getting great opening hooks on every single one of these songs. Um the drums were amazing. Drums are insane. Yeah, they they've got what equates to a Ferrari on drums. I mean, this guy, yes. this guy just just the double kick is insane. Um, the bassist, Jason Myers, can't beat it. Insane, insane. You know, I I I, I love the man. I really do. Um, so, <laughs> and I can say that because I mean, and I'll be honest. You know, I mean, he's a great friend. Uh, and, and and he's so talented. So ridic- ridiculously talented. This guy. Uh, I don't know how he does this. you know. I mean, I really don't. That's true for most musicians. I don't know how the hell they do it. Um, but his bass work, I mean, the bassists are always my favorite in any band anyway. You know, I think Gene Simmons, Nikki Six. Uh, I could just keep going down the list of them. Um, but yeah, he, he, he just, the songwriting on this is, is phenomenal. Um, yeah, sto- would you say that he majorly contributed to the oh, lyrics? Oh yeah, yeah. I, th- I think he's 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 like a, a major a major force in, in 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 a lot of this. And yeah, uh, the and, and that's another strong point for this album as well. And I want to get your take on all of this, Ellen. But that's another strong point with this, with this album as well. Is the lyrics actually make sense? Uh, <laughs> I mean, they always do in an Icarus yes, Witch album, okay? Uh, but really, like. Like, there's a story being told here and that that's kind of rare because i feel like a lot of music today even metal is no just 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 put some words in there make them as broad as possible so that they can appeal to the largest amount of people i hate that no i want you to tell me a specific story like you know one of my favorites of all time neil diamond 
Neil Diamond would put specific shit in. I want to know the names. I want to know the people you're singing about who broke your heart. I, I want to know what street you were on. Tell me the story, right? And and this is an album where I feel like you get very you get specifics. You get a story told. What do you think? Because this is a bit of a concept album. What do you think of that story, Ellen? Oh my gosh, uh, where to even begin? Well, can I just say before we go into that, I also want to compliment the vocals on this album. Yeah, yeah. So. Like you mentioned, a lot of Dio themes in there, but the the harmonization that happened oh, yes. was so beautiful. Like, yes. It was just offset in such a way that made it sound very vibrant. And amazingly, so this isn't always true with metal, and I'm not complaining about that, but I can actually understand everything that he's saying. Like yeah, he right. pronounces it very well. Right. So just Which is a problem with Dragon Force, by the way. <laughs> who knows, like we said, who knows the fucking lyrics to Dragon Force song? Yeah, exactly. It's very exactly. rare. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to compliment the vocals as well. Like, so wonderful. Yeah, I I'll, really I'll enjoyed that. Yeah, I want to touch on that just a touch as well. Like, it's not to the point of gang vocals, even though I love gang vocals, which is where, like, you, there's moments where the lead singer is not singing and the rest of the band is bringing in the vocal. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what they call gang vocals. It's not, I, I love that, but it's not that. It's more of the way that Michael Anthony in Van Halen would, and most people don't even realize it, right? Like you would pick it up, Ellen, you know, but it's just in the back bringing a slightly different harmony that just powers exactly. the song even yeah. more and brings, brings up the lead vocalist's voice even more. Or Phil Collin, not Collins, but Phil Collin in Def Leppard would do this or um, uh, like Richie Sambora. Like most people don't know. Phil Collins is a great singer. Richie Sambora is a great singer. Michael Anthony is a phenomenal singer. All these guys are great singers. And you don't notice it because they just have their voice lift the, the lead vocals up just that much more. But it makes it so much more powerful. Yeah. And I completely agree with you. With Icarus Switch, it was the same exact deal. You have, the, you have these guys just bring the vocals up that much more. Keep going. Yeah, well, I guess I, I don't need to add to that. I mean, it, sa it sounded like he was doing his own backing vocals, but there was just a single track, and it was the just the notes were offset in such a way that it sounded electrified, you know? Yep, yep. Um, so it was it was just really brilliant what, yeah. what they did there. But as far as the storyline goes, and I'm all about story, and I, yep. I love this. I'm such a huge fan. Just, just the idea, and I don't know if you want to go into this too far, but, um, you know, the idea is that, like, the world is in turmoil. It's kind mm -hmm. of a dystopia. Uh, and all of the elites of the world, politicians, billionaires, they set off on this journey into space thinking that they're going to preserve themselves. Right. And the best of, of what the world has to offer by going on this spaceship, carrying away the seeds of life. Um, but it turns out that they end up dying Aniara style in space. Aniara. This is a movie that nobody should watch, but everybody should watch. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of the same idea, where, like, people are going off into space. They, yeah, they're going to Mars, but the ship gets, like, thrown off course, and everybody kind of goes nuts. And they uh, die. Yeah. In the end. Yeah. And Aniara is an incredibly depressing movie. It's, it's really... But anyway, continue. Dead men tell no tales. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah but I, I love the, uh, the theme... That continues in both Aniara and this album is that these people are leaving behind or running away from this earth that they destroyed. They have no empathy for what's happening on earth. They're mm -hmm. like, fuck it, we're out of here. Mm -hmm. um, and everybody else that's left on earth just has to deal with it. Um, but this allows for the opportunity uh, 
for other groups that have whatever type of power um, to to rise up. And in this album, that is the witches, and and that's exemplified by the song "Rise of the Witches." Yes, um, kick-ass track. Oh, totally, totally, yeah. yeah. Um, so I just I love the whole idea that like, all right, the the governing structures of the world have left; they've dissolved. Yeah. Um. So what's left in this this mess is, you know, the ancient wisdom. Yes. That is coming to power finally again now that they're not being repressed. Yeah. Yeah, and, and nature gets to be restored by those that respected it in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. It, and I just, I think that's so beautiful. Yes. Yeah, and that, that's the point. I, I love that. Right on. Because that's the other thing, too. It's like, okay, yeah, you can understand the lyrics. Not only that, you can agree with them. And in that, I don't I don't get to do that too much, yep. you know, in any metal album. Um, and, and it's so beautiful to, to have that, have an album with that, that kind of power. And I think that's what makes this one of my favorite albums. Just simply because I, I would love if this happened, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. If suddenly, like the the power structure on Earth shifted to where like it's no longer capitalism and socialism and 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 Russia and U.S. It's it's just people and yeah. witches and and whatever arcane arts and and ancient knowledge is actually respected and is being practiced mm-hmm. and and the earth is allowed to heal itself like all of that i am all for yeah the esoteric and the the occult gets to come back you yes. know um in all the beautiful ways and yeah again it's so rare you get an album where you're like you're, you're almost rooting at the end like fuck yes like yeah this, <laughs> this is all right let's Let's have this happen already. This, you know, and yeah. I love the line. Um, I forget which song it's in, but it, they're they're talking about the spaceship taking off, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Godspeed to all of you!" Like, yeah. so long. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we won't miss you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and and I, yeah, I love the line. Um, and I think it's in Last Night on Earth where it it says, you know, at the speed of lies. Like oh, faster than the, faster speed, than the of speed of lies. lies. That's so, yeah. mm, that's poetry. It is. Yeah. It's so brilliant. Whoever yeah. came up with that, like, hats off to yeah. you. Yeah. Well, you know, the other part I got, I mean, so so these guys delivered a phenomenal album, and all of this would be true regardless of what I'm about to say, but the other part that I really love about this is, uh, in a very real sense, I made my heavy metal debut. <laughs> In, <laughs> oh, of course! How could we forget? In, in this album, and I already told Jason. I was like, "Yeah, I'm probably going to mention that." Uh, Brian's in a metal album, you guys. I'm in a real goddamn metal album. Like, holy shit! I mean, fuck record companies in one sense, but at the same time, like the legitimacies. You know, okay, that's nice. No, but you were yes. such a huge metal fan, and now you actually get to be on a freaking album. I've been a metal he- metalhead my whole life, and I mean, when I say that, I mean. The first song I ever knew all, or that I ever like, was able to really sing, um, was "Crazy Nights" by Kiss. Like I wow. can sing the whole song since I was six years old. That came out, you know, like in '87. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I, you know, because my cousins played it all the time, and I could sing his whole rap, the whole thing. Um, so yeah, I've been this my whole life, and to finally like be in a metal album is amazing. Now all I'm doing is at the beginning a bit of a, you know, newscast, a news report. As you do, I mean, because you yeah. are, you are a podcaster, right? Right. You're um, a radio host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so, you know, I, I contributed that, 
it was my honor. You know, I'm not saying I did anything to make this album any better in any way. It's phenomenal, completely on its own. But I am just so honored, first and foremost, to be asked, you know, to be on on a legit metal record. Um, but also, yeah, I mean, I got to admit, I feel so goddamn cool. You yeah. know, you're <laughs> like, so giddy about it. Oh, I was I was jazzed, you know. <laughs> and I mean, there was a chance it wouldn't have ended on. And I told Jason, like, look, no, no problem, man. Like, if it does, if you don't, if, if it doesn't work out for you, you know, no harm done. I'm just it was honored. I was just honored to be asked, but it is so cool. Uh, you know, to, to be out there. So particularly, it's track three, Last Night on Earth. You'll hear me right at the beginning, and long-time listeners, you're going to recognize my voice instantly. Um, but that, oh man, yeah, I was so jazzed about it. I'm like, fuck yeah. You know, not that I'm like a, a rock star now, at least not in metal, but, you know, it was, it was, it was, it's just cool to yeah, be on a, a metal record. It's a credit to your talent as well. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I love it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's so great so many people are involved there's other voiceovers in this um and in the music videos other great talents that are involved i mean there's so many great people that were brought in legit people and that's a beautiful thing too because you know i think that's the kind of people jason surrounds himself with uh and yeah it's just it's an honor to be a part of this project so i mean it's even better you know like I, yeah i would have lent my voice probably to just about any metal album but for it to be a metal album that i like i can really wholeheartedly like be behind just just quadruples the honor yeah you know yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's really it's really something um no i am so proud of you and you. i imagine you're very proud of the work that you did for this album and i'm proud of icarus witch for even putting this together like oh, it's, it's just amazing such a wonderful creation yeah yeah i mean especially to do this now like i i think it's incredible that you know and because you know to some degree i mean i've known jason for a while and like i i know how long this has been in process and everything and i've been you've heard me and other listeners have heard me i've been very critical of a lot of albums that have kind of come out of the pandemic mm-hmm. um where they just don't sound right like there's something lost there's a passion lost there's just something missing or whatever this is one of those albums where that is just not true you know like like this this came blasting and what, I think their last album was 2018. I mean, so it's been a while. This has been in the works. Um, but this thing just comes blasting out of the pandemic, you know, and, and with, with honestly a great message. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I love it. Um, other thoughts on the album? Give it a listen. But, I mean, that's really all I can say that I haven't already yeah. said. Yeah, and again, I, and I, I mean this. It's track for track. It's not because I'm involved with it. It's not because I know, you know, some of the people behind it. I'm telling you, it's, it's a track for track album. Yeah, it's uh, worth purchasing. Oh, that too. Yeah. If you want to purchase it, like go for it. You know, I got my copy on Amazon, uh, you know, cause I buy, I mean, I do buy MP3s when it matters. Um, it's everywhere though. That's the other beautiful thing. Like, believe me, you, you can find it on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple music, on probably on Deezer, on YouTube music, on take your pick. It's, it's everywhere. Vinyl. I think there's vinyl out there. It's, it's everywhere. So if you want it, you got it. Uh, but definitely check it out. Um, I will put a link in the show notes so that you can find it where it's at. Um, but man, just, just a, I mean, we were just listening to it earlier today. You know, yeah. I mean, this, this thing gets put on and gets play, baby. It, it's so great. Yeah. And there's things in it that I'm like, I've got to ask Jason about that. Like, yeah. what does that yeah, yeah. mean? Right. You know, so th- there's, there's a lot to dig into there. Yes. Yeah. It's an album with some depth. I love it. Um, also I want to give a little credit to, uh, Icarus Witch just does some of the best fucking cover art. I, I mean, I mean, like there's, a, I feel like a lot of bands today they just kind of, 
I don't know. It's an abstract sort of thing. Yeah, they just toss whatever, you know, on, on the album art. But man, Icarus Witch fucking delivers. Um, yeah, they've got some pretty metal looking covers. Yeah, that's it. It's metal looking. You know, I, I, I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, and they, they really go all in with the witch aspect. Yes. Yeah. Well, J- I mean, Jason, straight up, he's a witch. Like, it's, yeah. it's the real deal. He's you know, a this, Wiccan. This isn't, right, this isn't just lip service by any means. You know, this is the real, this is they the real thing. They practice what they preach. Exactly. I love it. So, anyway, check it out. No Devil Lived On by Icarus Witch. Uh, really, really fresh stuff. I mean, yeah, it's new metal, but man, it's metal that would have fit in right in right in the glory days. Uh, and I I love it to death. So, all right, do we want to want to wrap this one up? Yeah, let's wrap it up. I mean, we've been going for over two and a half hours. <laughs> it's just insane how much we talk. And, and there's only one story. Wait, what know. did we even cover? We didn't even get to half of the stuff we wanted to talk about. That's all right. We just have so much fun together. It's and true. I love it, and I love you. I love you, too. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's so great. I, I love getting to record with you. And you'll be back next week. We, we, we'll do this, folks. We'll, yes. we'll make it happen next week. We got so many great stories that you picked out that I want to get into. Um, and there's plenty of other things to talk about. So we'll wrap this one up and we will see all of you woo, on the other side. Woo. Testing, testing, one, two, three. I am so omniscient that if there were two omnisciences in the universe, I would be both of them. <laughs> Ziltoid, Ziltoid. Testing, testing, one, two, three, testing. Bring me your finest cup of coffee. You have five Earth minutes. Make Make it it perfect. perfect.